Welcome to Shelled by Genre, a show about types of literature and the worlds they imagine. This season, we are reading Gene Wolfe's The Book of the New Sun, and this episode is about chapters 23 through 33 of The Citadel of the Autark. For a list of content warnings, please check the episode description. I'm Cameron, and here in my Amazon Catwoman retinue are Michael and Austin. Their paws are so strong and yet so gentle. They're lifting me up and carrying me all around. Hey, stop that. Don't carry him like that. <laughs> no, no, no. You're it's carrying good. him wrong. It's good. It's, it's actually good. You're doing no, it wrong. No, no, no. They're doing it so right. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. I, feel I can free press on their, the, little, I can the press on their little paw pads and watch the claws extend, but they'll never hurt me. Can you imagine uh, how insulting it would be to be a fully feline, you know, uh, cat humanoid, right? Mm-hmm. A Kazin, as we talked about in the previous episode, right? <laughs> and some little nerd boy walks up to you it's and grabs bad. your hand, is like, and is like, "Hey, your toe beans do the toe bean <laughs> thing that cats do." It's extremely. <laughs> can I touch your hair? I'll be it, honest. It, it is yes. That is that is a billion percent for for the the cat humanoids of the world pressing on their toe beans to watch their claws, uh, you know, extract and contract. <laughs> It's touching the hair. No good. You don't know me it's like a big that. faux it's, pas. It's, I think we can gross. all agree. Yeah, don't stop it. Get out of here. It's a very You're embarrassing us. Yes. Oh, I'd be so embarrassed if Severian was my friend. If I was Jonas, it would be <laughs> oh my constant. God. Like that's why Jonas teleported slash uh, <laughs> obliterated himself. Yes. <laughs> that's why he scattered his being across the cosmos. Either option is to get is away than from this his Right. We all got that one toxic friend who tries to reconstitute you in someone else's body. (laughs) I will return when I am more normal and you're less weird. (laughs) Kazoo! Not a lot of sound effects in these books, by the way. No, no. A lot of description, not a lot of... Because that is the noise that it made when uh, When when Jonas teleported teleported away. away, Yeah, Kazoo! That's the Foley department, by the way. (laughs) Do you think it would be better if it said, after describing, like, uh, the sound of the Asian, like, plasma guns, if it was like, and they went pew, pew, pew. (laughs) I guess if if it was Gene doing the sound effects, I bet they'd be cool as hell. Yeah. Kazow! Yeah. You'd find all sorts Uh, of letter combinations that seem to your brain, like, like at first, you'd be like, that doesn't make any sense. And then you say it out loud, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> I mean, there's a very cool moment uh, in this reading where the Asians, like the sniper patrol that intercepts them or whatever, we'll get, we'll obviously get to the summary in a minute, but uh, where they're shooting at those angel gargoyle things, the gargoyles <laughs> from uh, Dark Souls that are flying by yeah. uh-huh. uh, in the sky. And he's talking about how it's like shooting patterns of like purple and cerulean yeah. in like a grid that then like diffracts the higher it gets yeah. to like track. That's it's cool shit. Yeah. Can you- and if he had been like, and it went. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, it'd be better. You ever think about where this book started? <laughs> <laughs> and now well, it's I'm Asian thinking about where sniper it is, so squads yeah. shooting at gargoyles. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're we're uh, guys like, and sometimes we went to the bottom floor of the tower, <laughs> yeah. but mostly we didn't. Yeah, that's like the opening of the book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sometimes it snows. Mm-hmm. I've got neighbors, <laughs> and it's like, and, and then I rode uh, the the king priest's elephant. Uh-huh. <laughs> Hyper intelligent elephant. 
What is his name? Mamelon? Mammalian? Mammalian. 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 Yeah, that's a that's a pun. What is it? Uh, because it derives from the word for breast, which is also where we get the word mammoth. Ah. Uh, You're gonna have to connect some is dots. Is the for breast here. part important to the elephant? Yeah, that's what, no. that's what I'm asking. No, uh, I cannot remember how this comes about. Let's see. Mammoth derives from. Oh, right. No, is it Mastodon is the one that. Oh, yeah. Right. Ma- or, sure. Well, masticate. Isn't that that that's mouth, right? That would be mouth. It's like chewing. It's a Greek mastos breast uh, oh. and then Otis odont tooth. So mastodon. mastodon. Yeah. OK. But uh, boob tooth, huh? What about this elephant creature has breast is boob tooth is boob around? Not, yeah. that's, the reason he is named Mammalian is because he is a mastodon. Oh, like that's Gene. Yeah, that's Gene being playful yeah, with okay. uh, yeah. etymology. Yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah, Mammalian also comes from, I believe, breast as well. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Yeah, but why? I guess now I'm asking the more fundamental because question. If, it, if a if a mastod- mastodon is like a is like a word that has its root in breast. This is a different word that also yes. has its root in breast. So oh, it's no, like I got that part. I'm asking by. why Mastodon is attached to breast. It is because <laughs> I, I, I am quoting here the beautiful little uh, Google card. Uh, mm-hmm. It is because uh, there are, on the molar teeth of the Mastodon, there are nipple-shaped ter- turbicules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. the turbicules. Yeah. yeah. So basically, so, someone was looking at these old bones, and they're like, hey, this thing's teeth look like nipples. We shall call it breast teeth. God, whenever anyone's going on about, like, the dignity of humanity or, like, you know, the the massive accomplishments of, like, the Western, including the Mediterranean mind, it's we got boob teeth back here, y'all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just yeah, let it go. Yeah. Human history is a big collapse going on for eternity. Forever. Just, <laughs> yeah. We got an angel looking right at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, do you think that uh, the angels that Severian sees, do you think they're like Clay's little angels? Wait, what? Who's Clay's little angels? Do I not know oh, these <laughs> Walter, Walter Benjamin's little angels. Oh, sure. Uh-huh. No, his his little angels was like his reboot in the 90s where they tried yeah. to make them like more appealing to kids of today. And there were like yeah. 12 of them and they each had a different personality. If you're listening, just look up the Angelus Novus. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you think I'm I'm putting it in the chat for everyone to yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. refresh the yeah, Gustav yeah. Clay piece uh-huh. or Paul Clay, not Gustav. What did I? I don't know why I got that wrong. Boob teeth got me all scrambled. <laughs> Sorry, when you said like Clay's Little Angels, I was imagining <laughs> a <laughs> like a ceramics collection. You know what I mean? Yes. Like a collectible uh-huh. Little Angels <laughs> in the house. Absolutely. In the house. Right. Exactly. The, the way that like, like, you know, you might have an aunt who collects them and it's like it's like a gimme Christmas gift. Every he's like, oh, I'll just get her another one of those Little Angels, you know? Yeah. yeah. She's got 200 Little Angels. <laughs> exactly. And she wants 400 Little Angels. Yeah, I think it's like this. I think it's just like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Looking back at the, at, the, uh, at the future or whatever. Well, the past. Whatever. He's looking backward. Right, 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 yeah. right, right. This is a little angel. Yeah, the angel like, oh, I'm getting blown away from paradise. Yeah. Uh-oh. Whoa. No, actually, I'm, I was right the first time. Looking uh, back back to the future, watching back to the future. That's what... <laughs> that's what this section of uh, uh, Marty, that's your mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the thesis I'm of philosophy not of history. Uh huh. I was reading this like yesterday. Uh huh. The reading for today, and in my head, I got the idea that like Doc 
<laughs> was talking to Samarian. Who was Samarian? Like it, the, that's my master Mount Rubius voice. Mount Rubius is yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, Samarian! Ah, oh, I can't believe it. Ah, oh, we got to go back. Uh, the green man's your dad. <laughs> the green man's got a sports almanac. <laughs> a lot of characters show up in this reading, huh? Oh, it's dope. It's great. They're all here. But it does start. I mean, well, it, maybe we should talk to maybe I'll read the summary and we can like get into it. But I think you've gotten the flavor, Austin, probably at this point of what what Michael and I have alluded to a couple of times, which is like it all just starts kind of falling into place in a real weird way. This is the most Metal Gear Solid four thing I've ever read. <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> we are in. We are absolutely like the, uh, you know, the APC opens up. Right. And it's and it's Meryl's, uh, you know, diarrhea boyfriend, Johnny. And you, and you go, yeah, Johnny's Johnny, why is why is Johnny here? Yeah. And you go, uh oh, he's plot critical. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which are, sorry, excuse me. Uh, which of the characters from today's reading is Meryl's diarrhea boyfriend? Is it the <sighs> Altark? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, kinda, because the Altark does show up. And get clowned on over and over yeah, again. Yeah, basically over and over again. <laughs> and the again. whole time being like, I'm not being clowned on at all. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is on purpose. <laughs> it might be Vodalus. It might be Vodalus. That's yeah. exactly where my brain was. Thea yeah. might be Meryl. Yeah. And Vodalus yep. might be her diarrhea boyfriend. Yeah. Unfo- yep. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Sad to report that yeah. Vodalus. A-, a guy has never gone from <sighs> being so cool to so uncool in so few descriptive words. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Like total, maybe a thousand words from coolest man in the universe to dumbest bastard on the planet. Uh-huh. His his little shrug he does when the Asians are like, "Yeah, just kill them both," and he goes, "All right, all right, I, I'm <laughs> like, you do, my man. Sorry, I, yep. I did my best. Yep, not on me." <laughs> I mean, it's delightful. It's like he's the worst, you know, the yeah. worst Robin Hood. Yeah, and that's good. Yeah, yeah it's it good. Actually, great. it's really good. Um, all right, I'll read the summary. This is a summary of everything that happened in the reading. Uh, we notably uh, did not finish uh, Citadel the Autark for today. Citadel of the Autark, we're going to actually take a fourth episode on, precisely because, you know, as we'll talk about <laughs> probably later on, at the end of the reading for today, Severian says, you know, it would make a lot of sense to end here because um, I'm back here in the Madakin Tower. That's uh, where the book started. On and the that'd be, have a lot now. of symmetry. Yeah, I'm the yeah, Autark. Yeah. I'm back into the throne. But I got more stuff I want to tell you about. So <laughs> we'll keep, write a couple keep more doing chapters. this damn book. Yeah. I, I I should say that before last week or two weeks ago when we were last recorded, you were mm-hmm. like, what if we just did both episodes back to back in two weeks? Mm-hmm. And I think both Michael and I were like, I, I don't know. Maybe it was just me. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot to put on a schedule. And I got to the end of this reading. And I was like, Austin, you absolute dumbass. Because <laughs> I finished the reading way early this week because I traveled a lot. So I was, and you want to know. You want to know so bad. Know so bad mm-hmm. And I did not poison myself with the knowledge of the future. I did not go. If, I did not read ahead. You know, I got to yeah. the next. The next chapter is called The Key to the Universe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. I know. That's why I stopped it here. Ah. I was like, yeah. Um, well, good. And yeah, now you get where I was coming from. Yes. But also, I think it was the right decision. Also sitting and reading it, I think it's the right decision because I do think we need to read it. We need a yes. little bit of time to, sure. to cool off. Yeah. And then come back to 
quarters. You know, the, Michael, all of the chapter titles, by the way, are just. <laughs> Father Nere is listed as, is in one of the title. Uh, it's uh, mm-hmm. I want to see yeah. it. Yeah, but yeah, it's so so like it's going to be wild thing after it's going to be forty five minute chapter after forty five minute right, chapter right, to the end of the book right. is what I'm saying, right? So like endurance wise, it was a wise decision. Sure. Is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. All right, let me read the summary. This is a summary of what we read for today, which is uh, chapters twenty three through thirty three of the Citadel of the Autark. Severian wakes up after the battle with his leg trapped underneath his mount. Dire wolves howl and he cries out for help. The Autark arrives on the back of a mammoth and saves him. Severian finally asks the Autark why they were at the House Azur. Not the House Absolute, the House Azur. And they respond that they know who Severian is. Severian drifts in and out of consciousness and thinks of Master Malrubius' death. Severian wakes up and talks with the Autark, who confirms that they were at the House Azur. It is also revealed that the Kaibits are clones of Exultants, who are then harvested to extend Exultant life. Catwomen come in to help Severian. They call the Autark Legion. Thecla asks the Autark why she was killed. The Autark does not answer at this time. Everyone gets into a flyer, and the Autark explains that they have been in a thousand battles. They fly above the battlefields. Severian sees that the Asian army is largely made of children, the elderly, and others. They discuss why Thecla was killed, and it is revealed that she was feeding information to Vodalus and was condemned by the Autark's officers. Then the flyer is shot out of the sky. They crash, and the Autark tells Severian that he has been chosen as the next Autark. He is intended to eat the Autark and drink an Alzebo potion that hangs around the Autark's neck. Yes, this is the weirdly mentioned necklace from all the way back in the first book in the House of Zur. It was plot critical the whole time. Everyone in the Discord who asked about it, your time is now. They are intercepted by Asians, who haul them out of the wreckage, and then flying creatures show up and kill the Asians and lift Severian into the sky. And by God, that's Aegea's music. Aegea brings the captured Severian into a decaying ziggurat, and in the heart of it sits Vodalus and Thea. Aegea explains that her and Hathor had served Vodalus and trade for Severian's life, and Severian tries to escape. She slashes his face, and he wakes up three days later. The world's most awful doctor takes care of Severian, who <laughs> remains imprisoned. He's brought before Vodalus, and they discourse. They have a delightful conversation, reminiscent of a who's on first about the autarchy. Then we kick out to Severian the author, who tells us about his current day happenings as autarch. He did some ceremony in an anti-gravity chamber. Then he remembers how it was like to march out of the ziggurat and into the jungles, his face scarred and his leg wounded. They meet the Asian army, and it is as sad now as it has always been. Vodalus takes Severian and the still-living Autark, also imprisoned by Vodalus, to a triumvirate of maybe psychic women who interrogate him. They then take both to another prison, and Severian and the Autark try to figure out what to do. The Autark says that Father Inire is going to help Severian escape, but maybe won't be able to now. They instruct Severian to take that potion and eat their forebrain so that the Autark and the many Autarks within them might live forever in Severian. Then they have a wild-ass conversation about politics. Real Uncle GW comes to dinner and has two beer shit. Severian kills the Autark, eats their brain, and then has something like a rolling series of seizures and lives hundreds of lives in an instant. Then Aegea appears again and rescues Severian, and oh my god, that's the green man's music! (laughs) The green man and Aegea scuttle Severian out of the tent. 
Severian asks how the hell the green man got there. And the green man says that he wanted to repay the favor that Severian uh, had given him before and has been zooting back and forth across time looking for a moment when Severian is trapped to repay the favor. Then he run, runs off into time, like the ship that carried Asapego and the rest up in the sky. Then Master Malrubius and Triskel zoot in from the time tunnel. Malrubius explains that he serves who the hero duels serve and convinces Severian to come with him. They descend into the time tunnel together. Malrubius quizzes Severian on autark things and then asks some philosophical questions about the new sun. Malrubius asks if Severian would go beyond the solar system and endure a trial if it might bring about the new sun with no guarantees, and Severian says yes. Malrubius then says that the autark has to go on trial, and if they fail, they are made unable to procreate and sent back to Earth. If they succeed, they can restart the sun. Then he gives Severian the secrets of time. Left on a sandy road, Severian sits underneath a rose bush and is pricked by it. The thorn is revealed to be the claw, which he stores in his little pouch. Finding himself at the southern end of the Gaiole, he hails a ship and sails north along the river. He eventually puts ashore where he sees a small boat, and, and there in the ruins of Nessus in the south, he finds Dorcas. He watches her for a little while and then leaves without speaking to her. He continues up the river to the citadel and returns to it through the landing where he once swam. He returns to the Mannequin Tower, and that's all we read for today. Well, he he gets to the Mannequin Tower and, and does a little talking, right? He, he does, does a lot of yeah. talking. Yeah, okay. I thought we'd get making into sure. it. Let's make okay. sure. Okay. Given the sketch of the thing, he yeah. talks to Master Palamon, the guy who did the damn thing before. Yeah. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Hey, what do you think of that conversation? The one at the end of Wait. this reading? No, the one where they're in Master Malrubius' sick room, which Severian has mentioned a bunch of times before. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the, the day Master Malrubius died. You know, Master Malrubius has got maybe maybe a cancer or something like that, mm -hmm. um, you know, because he's spitting up blood, whatnot, coughing up blood. Mm -hmm. And he touches Severian's face as when Severian's a little kid and says, you know, he's mentioning his scarred face. And then he says, you know, one time I tried to do it, you know, there was a boy, you know, I tried to like make stuff happen. And there was this boy and he like trails off and like goes, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know, babbling. What the hell's going on there? Can you put I, me to a page number? Yeah, I feel like I've lost um, this in the in the mix of so many things. Yeah, because a lot happens in this reading. Yeah, a lot a lot happens. I don't think I have the page you know, which chapter it's in. Yeah. Is this the um, like is this a conversation had during the uh big talk with Mel Rubius in general? No, this oh. is the flashback that happens. Um I can tell you where because I just talked about it in the summary. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Oh, is this after he takes the the it's at the juice? very beginning? Yeah, no, it's when he is. I can tell you here. Do, 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 do. Uh, it's on three twenty four. Which chapter is that? That is. Uh, oh yeah, I'm sorry. sorry. No, you're good. Uh, it's the Pelagic Argosy. Oh, okay, so it's it's the, the first, first chapter that we read today. Yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is probably why it slipped my mind. I read that. So this ago. is Malrubius talking to Severian. When Severian's oh, a little right. kid, as he's see. dying. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I've done my best to teach you boys the rudiments of learning. They are the seeds of trees that should grow and blossom in your mind. Severian, look to your cue. It should be round and full like the face of a happy boy, but one of its cheeks is as fallen in as your own. 
you have all all you boys seen how the spinal cord lifting itself toward its culmination expands and at last blossoms in the myriad pathways of the brain. And this one, one cheek round, the other seared and shriveled. His trembling hand reached out for the slate pencil, but it escapes his fingers and rolls over the edge of the table to clatter on the floor. He did not stoop to pick it up, fearful. I think that in stooping, he might glimpse the invisible presence. He's talking about death. I've spent much of my life, boys, in trying to implant those seeds in the apprentices of our guild. I've had a few successes and not many. There was a boy, but he, and he kind of trails off. Well, he goes over and he spits blood out the window. Right, right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, but yeah, just he just doesn't finish whatever the hell he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So he sees Severian. Severian's face is not slashed yet, mm-hmm. right? Because like through the end of this book, Severian has been like cut by this like, animal paw thing that agia hits him with that like rips his face off it seems like right i mean it's brutal whatever it's some stephen king shit it's wild yeah um it's like truly like you know just tearing the flesh off his face um to the extent where most people who get hit with it die right you Mm -hmm. know that's that's said very clearly but malrubius can see it on severian when severian's a child well at this point i'm reading this the first time through and that has the slash hasn't happened yet so i think he's just talking about the letter Q and that like he's drawn his Q poorly, you know, but one of its cheeks is as fallen right. in. No, his I own. understand he's now. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I assumed the first time that the boy was uh Plymon who had been exiled. Right. Oh yeah. The, he would have just been sort back. Of, right. Right. Or exactly. somewhere close to that. There was a boy, but he, ugh, you know, um, right. But yeah. who knows? Now that I've read this, I can see the resonances. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just a real puzzler to me. There mm-hmm. are not very many things in this book that that um, are are puzzling to me in a way that I like want to know about it. Right. You know, like right. most of it's like, I don't know. I mean, this, you know, <laughs> Who cares? most of the things are just right. theological but in nature. You, and want, I just go, All right. you want like uh, Book of the New Earth uh, or Book of the New Sun Origins is what you want. That's right. You want That's the right. Rubius story. I want yes. It's it's a a quick you know 175 page yeah. book that that's just about Palamon, right? Mm-hmm. Madigan Tower Zero. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's about like the under. It's 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 the yeah Palamon as a kid. Malrubius is in charge, and who's the third one whose name I'm forgetting? Gurlos. Gurlos is like yeah. middle age. He hasn't. Mm-hmm. He's, he's just now losing his sight. And getting his night vision goggles attached, and to he's the brain. cool guy at that point, right? right? Yeah. He's not like the hard ass yet. We find out he's cool. Uncle. How did Gurlos? Right, I, that's right. I think we have these switched. I think it's uh, Gurlos who is the younger to. Uh, oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh, right. Because yes. he comes yes. at even though he is younger, he is the one who does most of the like administrative work, and so and that's the thing that confuses Severian. It's because Palamon is disgraced in some way, right? That is indecipherable. To me. Uh, anyway, I don't know. I just, I mean, maybe there's nothing to this. It's just, uh, and this is not, you know, like speaking to you from beyond time, Malrubius. This is like flashback Malrubius. Right, right. Well, I mean, do we know that? Because no, the, I'm the, uh, right? Because the speaking to you from beyond time, Malrubius, we learn is something that is specifically drawn out of Severian's brain. Like it is his memories right. of Malrubius uh, enlivened by another force. And so, uh, right. But I, this is supposedly, um, I guess we don't a hundred percent know that. 
Just like all the other times, he's, it's been like, and I, there I was, and I thought I was dreaming, and I was talking about Rubius. Right. He was standing right there. Right, well, now and we know here, that those he's are like real. On the back of a mammoth. We now yeah. know from this set of readings that those were real. He was talking to a computer projection of, of Mel Rubius drawn from his own mind. Classic, I had to appear to you in a form that you knew already. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maneuver. It's some of the coolest shit. You yeah. know, we, we can leave this. We don't have to puzzle over this anymore because that is cool to me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a computer. And and the thing not just that, any computer. I'm <laughs> one of just, the computers from the era where y'all built us to take care of all of your needs, and then we realized that that sort of doomed you and had to, you know, uh, create a strategy to recover the human species by reinserting the idea of creativity into you. Yes. One of those computers, and that computer says, "My range is just a few thousand years." Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Not light years, Mm-mm. years. Mm-hmm. It projects forward and backward in time. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. We lost some real technology here in this world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't do this anymore. I guess maybe, maybe <laughs> you can. Maybe Father Neri's mirrors are not too dissimilar from this. You, you know? don't want Vodalus to have that. No. You don't want him making weird, arbitrary decisions with that thing. No. <laughs> Vodalus pulling up Chat GPT. <laughs> I mean, it's basically He's like, it's- how to un- unseat Autark. <laughs> uh, 10 million pumpkins. You know, like that's yeah. that is what Vodalus is doing, uh-huh. right? He's he's using it willy nilly. You need to be responsible with the time computer. Also, I love the time computer is like, I'm going to get your dad and your dog. And your dog. We're hitting you from both sides. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not like the cold, logical, you know, rational computer machine. It gets it. It knows what people do. It understands because how that's think. all it's good at. Yeah. It was. Uh-huh. It's the people. It machine. was the thing that was invented to do that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah. It's this is um. I mean, this is the power of Gene Wolfe as a writer, like just truly his like creative mind of all the things that I find, you know, annoying or preachy about uh, Gene Wolfe, you know, the things that don't hit for me. Mm-hmm. At the like in the the Althusser style in the last instance, right? <laughs> like this overwhelms it, which is like, what if humans created a computer that did what computers do, which is like self improve, be efficient, uh, you know, do all the engineering stuff that Gene Wolfe so clearly finds fascinating about, like the universe, right? Like the human capacity to invent and make things that keep the world running. What if that? But it was all the things we don't associate with computers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. It is cool. And delightful. It is cool and delightful. You're not wrong. We'll start working well, through this thing. Yeah, you tell me. You brought this up, Austin. So maybe this is a good place to like actually start talking about it, about the Autark just showing the hell up here. <laughs> yeah, he's here. He's here now. Well, what do you think about that? Uh, it's it's like a little, it's like a little convenient. Um, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you're reading a book, you're like, ah, oh, the plot is finally going to start. And you're like, ah, can we go back to when we were just, like, telling stories in the <laughs> hospital? Because that was hidden. And this is, um, it's 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 fine. Like, I, it's a lot of stuff that, like, needs to happen. Um, it's just a little, um, it doesn't, it, it's, it's one of those things that only makes sense, like, if you believe in the telos of Severia needs to become the altar. 
Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's I mean, what's yeah. causing this to happen. The autark says, uh, like, you know, like pointing this out to the reader, right? Making a point of it within the text to, like, try to uh, diffuse some of the tension. The autark says something like, well, miracles converge upon us. Right, yeah. Like, right. when finding Severian. Like, isn't this convenient? Isn't this great? Yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, Gene can't let it go. Uh, he also has Mount Rubius later explain yes. what a Deus Ex yes. Machina is, yes. right? and then yeah. defend it as a as a narrative <laughs> uh-huh. device, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, like let's put that aside. Let's put aside yeah. the thing of like, isn't it a little convenient? Like, okay, it is. Books are convenient. None of this is. Well, it's also kind of the end of like a passion play or something sure. like that, yes. right? Where like this is part of the genre. It if is. the mm-hmm. if part of the genre is kind of like Catholic artistic expression, which right. I would argue mm-hmm. that's what this is. This is just like part of the deal. It's what you get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, everyone shows back up. Yeah, that is that is, you know, we need not agree with it, but that is like Malrubius's entire point, right? Is that the mm-hmm. DSX Machina is a theological innovation within like a fictional narrative. Like right. it is it is there to uh, to pull in some Chesterton, right? Like what uh, there's a quote that I, I believe is authentic and attributed to G.K. Chesterton that's something like, uh, you know, what is important about uh, fairy tales is not that there are dragons in them. It's that fairy tales tell us that dragons can be beaten. Right. Sure. Right. Um, And so that's sort of Malrubius's entire deal uh, about the deus ex machina, which is that it is better to have a a plot that ends happily due to a contrivance uh, in the contrivance of a god specifically than something that goes poorly uh, in the sake of, quote unquote, realism or whatever. Which is kind of like a deeply sad thing to actually write down. Like, it's one thing for that to motivate you. Right. And right. and for it to be your ethos as a writer, you know what I mean? Like if that's your craft and you're drawn to that, then that uh, I think and that is like the genre space you're in. And like you, you maybe even unknowingly find yourself writing the God in so that you can have the mm-hmm. resolution. But when you take this kind of calculating position around it, it's almost like it's almost like admitting it's not real. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, yeah, and that is like a deeply, uh, you know, the the, the it is it is deeply sad in some ways. Uh, and then two, the thing that it actually made me think of, and and you know, this is maybe earlier than I thought I was going to mention it, is uh, the there the there is an interview with Heidegger in, I don't think it's Le Monde. I think it's in um, what's the other big French paper? Uh, uh, this is going to kill me. Uh, you can we uh, is this the uh, world it's, feature? It's it's, it's actually it's, not. You can it's see actually the Earth. it's actually not a French one. It's a German one. It's Der Spiegel. Uh, oh, okay. It is it is uh, this interview in which Heidegger well um, uh, you'll pass the point of having been uh, kind of excised from the philosophical community for his Nazism. Uh, this is like the 1970s or late 60s. He's being interviewed, you know, kind of like dipping his his face out into the world again uh, and and being interviewed about oh, like, I, I have to intervene here. Yes. Martin Heidegger was never excised from the continental tradition. Okay, he just went fair. and hung out in his cabin. A that's what more. I mean, though, right? Like he <laughs> yeah. wasn't he wasn't yeah. a productive member of of <laughs> the discourse at that point. You know, the, the world had moved uh, uh, from him in some ways. Um, uh, he was still giving lectures on the radio. Like, I'm not like, like planting my flag here, but no, like, no, no. <laughs> you're right. Like, I do not want to minimize how much that he the remained an influential part of Heidegger for yes, being a Nazi, you're right? right? Yes. Like, I'm just not going to, to give ground on that. But yeah, that anyway, so the very famous interview that he gives. Here. Yes. Uh, in which he kind of makes the, 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 the interviewer is basically saying, Hey, what's the point of philosophy anymore? <laughs> um, can philosophy <laughs> change the world? 
Uh, and and Heidegger's position is nothing can change the world except God, uh, in which he means God or a world historical event of which we can't possibly imagine the mm-hmm. sort of arrive a, a, a nuclear war or mm-hmm. a supercomputer or something beyond our imagination. And the mm-hmm. best thing we can do is be prepared for such a thing. Um, yeah, he he also calls it the saving grace. Yeah, right? yes, a, a yes. Few times. And I can't stop thinking about that. And I don't know that. I mean, I, I, we've, you know, we talked, we've talked a little bit about the philosophical influences on Gene, um, and I, you know, there is a little being in time in this book, uh, but I don't know that that's like a direct. I don't know what Gene's philosophical readings have been necessarily. But I think they're just drinking the same water. I think they're drinking the same water. And I think that's a deeply, I think it's like a deeply Catholic water, right? The best thing we can do is be prepared for the resurrection, right? Um, Yeah, it is certainly a theological. Lapping up that Catholic water. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Heidegger gets there through a a different route. But yeah, it's it's exactly, um, you know, like. Heidegger just believes that like human technological capacity, right? Like, yep. and not technology as in like beeps and boops, no, right? No, no. But, like the, the kind of, uh, you know, uh, what he calls in framing, right? Was right. uh, Gestellen. Um, please forgive me if that's the wrong German term, but that, that impulse, right? That kind of conceptual framework for understanding the world has overwhelmed our capacity to think otherwise. And yeah, it's going to require something big. Um, and that, you know, that's how you get these, like, uh, you know, going into the open meadow Heideggerians. Right. right. Exactly. Like, if only you go outside. If you just go outside, you could, you like, can change reset the world. your. Yeah. Uh huh. And well, it's like, that doesn't, buddy. I go outside all the time and it, that is not doing it. <laughs> and this is why, this is why I come back to it being deeply yeah. sad to defend the Deus Ex Machina yeah. in a way, right? Which is like, oh, you just totally given up, huh? Right. Like, you've totally given up on the idea that we can change things from the inside. You need a transcendence here somewhere mm-hmm. you know um yep. and and that is a deeply sad uh, uh position to take i find even though i get yeah, it sometimes I, you know it's it's yeah, the world I, we're in. i've been reading more interviews and i'll have more to say about all of this I, i've been accruing more um external sources for the final episode mm-hmm. of, of book of the new sun just so i can like hit a bunch of points all at one time as we get to what at the end of this is clearly the like you know, uh, metaphysical stinger, right? At the end of the, at the the book, that's what the final chapters are. And so I've been, you know, I've got Joan Gordon's, um, uh, like intellectual biography of Wolf. Uh, I've been reading a lot of interviews from shadows of the new sun, which is his, uh, it was like kind of posthumous, um, edited volume that some commentary on his work and a bunch of interviews, you know that I, he's not he's not an evangelical, right? Um, right. You know, and so when right. we start talking about things like the rapture, I think in the United States we really strongly associate that uh, that kind of impulse with evangelical Christianity. He's not that, but he believes in a like kind of textual Catholicism, right? right? Like yeah. he thinks that the you know the second coming's a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like it is a thing. It informs his worldview. He takes it seriously, if not on a practical literal level than certainly a theological one right like it is true you know capital c catholic true yeah um and and yeah i think you're right i mean like in that worldview that is the final saving grace that you know that's where heidegger and and the kind of theological uh impulse meet up with one another Mm -hmm. um 
because they they have to do that. And all the while, right, you know, to go back to your point about when that's happening, and there's several interviews with Heidegger in the 60s and 70s yeah. around this, right, around these kinds of ideas. This is where – this is, quote, unquote, late Heidegger, right, his, like, series of thoughts um, – this is all happening while, you know, around and post May 68 in right. Europe. This is, this is all happening right. yeah. post yes. the 60s in the United States, yes. right? Like, uh, there has never been a time after history. There's never been a time after the Second World War in which things looked like they could be different, more different than they are, right? Sure. Um, right. And yes. then it didn't go that way for right. the most part. I mean, this is the thing, right? Is the this interview with Heidegger is given in 66. 68 hasn't happened yet, and he's yeah. here. You know, yeah. and now sixty-eight goes the way it goes, and and maybe maybe it's it's <laughs> it, you know maybe that makes his point true or it, it proves the, the the argument out a little bit, but like yeah. it hasn't happened yet. We the 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 shrugging feels preemptive, you know, um, and the shrugging maybe begets itself. You know, behind our shrugging, we find only our <laughs> shrugging. I mean, look, I I think politically in the world, I think for the most part, Gene Wolfe thinks that we're all votalists. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. We're beholden to some yeah. power. We yeah. have like ideology about what we want to do, but we will make compromises. Yeah. And but and I mean, that's Severian too, right? Like right. Severian well, we love is to see ourselves as freedom fighters, as the main characters right. in a story, et yeah. cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And and we're not, right? Like we're creatures of like weird habit and creatures of compromise. And uh, ultimately, if we don't get in line with a bigger theological meaning to the world, we're we're destined for nothing, right? Yeah. Like, Votalist is destined for nothing. Literally, ob- obscurity and obliteration from the text. He shrugs and leaves the book, yeah. right? <laughs> After all that, yeah. After all that, right? The autark of the woods, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm-hmm. For nothing. Well, like, ha- after having already been you know, maneuvered into a smaller place because of the Altark himself, right? Right. Yeah. Because the Altark's part of this grand talos. Right. right? Exactly. Of, of meaning and and whatever. So, so yeah, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, weirdly enough, we're starting here with, with the Altark, but I, the, the Altark showing up is the key for most of the end of the book, which uh-huh. is like, lo and behold, there's a lot of weird conveniences showing up here. And you just got to get in line. This is why I referred to earlier is like, you know, in the many other episodes is like, it just starts feeling like everything's closing down in a way that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. I don't think this reading's bad. I actually no, enjoy, I enjoy it quite a bit. Stuff. But do you find that that is, you know, a thing that's absent from this or it's it's not absent, it's sideways. Um, in this book, there's a lot of talk about the conciliator coming to redeem, mm-hmm. you know, all, all of Earth. Uh, and we're, we haven't gotten to that part of the reading yet, right? We've gotten to the nope. the we've gotten to Severian is the Altark now. Mm-hmm. He's um, back into the throne. He's but we back haven't into gotten the any of the new sun stuff. Right. We've gotten in right. But the new sun stuff is where the prophecies are that have that that are yet to be, you know, fulfilled. But like the classic fantasy book starts with a prophecy, and by the end of it, it's come true. Maybe it's come true mm-hmm. sideways in some interesting way. But there mm-hmm. is no prophecy about Severian becoming the altar he tells you he will become the altar because he is one already at the start of the books <laughs> but he does but there is no a boy will come from the dark the tower of dark and da 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 it, it instead <laughs> what seems to be the case is that he stumbles into a cyclical system that finds a new altar whenever it's needed uh except <laughs> that the way that the altar talks about it 
it was prophesied, you know, that like, yeah. oh, yes, I've been following your career, you know, since you were a boy, son, like that type of taking great interest in you, you know, and it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> none of that has been explained. None of the why is it Severian instead of someone else from the House Absolute, uh, one of the cat women. Why can't one of the cat women be Altar? Why does it have to be Severian? There's no framework in the fantasy mode for us to understand that. It just sort of happens. Unless I missed some, in which case, I guess we'll keep reading and you'll tell me. Well, it's later on that we get uh, another attempt to sort of like anchor this down. And I I have a, a whole kind of, I guess, deal on this that I'll talk about in the final episode when we finish the book, right? I have a way of reading these books that mm. will... Um, not necessarily like justify the ways of gene to man, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like maybe put a spin on it. But right. the thing that I think is really notable that the autark says later, and I'm trying to find where I put it in the paragraph. Yes, yes, yes. Um, is this the autark saying it? No, it's, it's Malrubius, the Malrubius thing that's saying this, <clears throat> um, uh, in you, he's speaking to Severian, in you, all the divergent tendencies of our race right. may have achieved synthesis. Yep. So, you know, that's not like the whole uh, the prophecy has. Uh, no, it's uh, the opposite. Been, it's right. It's, it's the the golf ball has to land on some blade of grass. And and the statistics statistically, someone's got to be the culmination of our species. And yes. it's you. You didn't do anything to, like, achieve that. But, like, you sure are where it all came together. Right. Like, the administration has deliberated, and they've crunched the numbers, and it turns out you're the autark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's not fulfilling to you? (laughs) I think it's interesting. I think that it's... Oh, it's... I think it's the strength of the book. It's the tension in the book, right? Is that... And it's also the heart of the belief, which is it could be any of us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You better be ready. It could be you, right? Um, there's right. nothing that is special about you inherently. Um, <clears throat> whoever's born into it is born into it, into the moment. But also, get ready for some God stuff. You know what I? You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I mean, yeah, it's an incredibly like uh, if read in, in the right light, right? Right. Or, uh, ideologically correct, very powerful political statement, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there is nothing more important about any of us, right? right there is, right. It is pure random chance, as you said, right? Are you ready for the thing? Also very Catholic, right? Very Christian broadly, right? I think that this is, I mean, this is the thing that Protestantism grabs onto and like You're right. rides is, like a bucking bronco into modernity, right? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is like, it's everybody. It's, everybody. it's everybody's yeah. responsibility yeah. to do the thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it is a welding and we'll get more of that welding in the final reading, you know, and it's going to take us, I think, some time to talk through it um, and really leaning on Michael here too, in some ways, uh, you know, that we, I've prophesied the leaning on Michael for the end of the, of the books because it, Gene is already here welding together, um, uh, Christian theological chosenness, like, you know, big C chosen, mm-hmm. right. Um, uh, redeeming of the species, right. With, statistical manipulation, right? Right. And time shit. I mean, we know that too, right? Like there's weird time stuff going on here, um, you know, that we don't really have any output for, right? When we see the green man, who we'll talk about in a minute, uh, but when we see the green man, he's like, you've seen me one time, but you are actually already going to be rescued here. So I'll see you again later. And it's like, well, (laughs) 
you're the autark now. How 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 much more trapped could you be? Yeah. Uh, you know, going <laughs> forward. But so we'll figure that out here too. But but that's that's what the book has to accomplish. You know, in order to stick the landing, you got to get the the theological component welded with the science fiction component. And uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, we'll make a determination if we think that's successful or not. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know also. Uh, I mean, it, it is resulting in a kind of political theology, right? The mm-hmm. autark mm-hmm. introduces themselves mm-hmm. and it says, we are the thing itself, right? Uh, yeah. Which, right. It referring, like using the royal we. But also. Uh, but, but also, right. Like this is this is actually something I really like about this. I think this is really cool is that it turns out all the autarks since Imar have been uh, drinking this weird juice and like getting put in each other's heads in a big old like photocopying cycle. Uh-huh. And so. Uh, every autark is still in the autark, and then this lends like weight to the the inherent fantasy of the entire construction of the royal we, right? That when the monarch or the autark in this case says we, uh, they are speaking for the realm, and because the the one person can hold all these minds in their head at one time, uh, it. it uh, makes that more than just like a rhetorical kind of game, right? A kind of rhetorical yeah. ceremony that it would have been historically. There's there's this fantasy here of what if what if Hobbes's Leviathan was real, right? Yeah. What what if the body politic was a body politic? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's this it's this inversion, right? The the thing that um the thing that is laid out to us is that the Asians want to make all people the same, and the mm-hmm. Altark wants to be all people. Right. Yeah. There is like a two strategies towards an end here, mm-hmm. um, uh, which which is partly why I kind of hate that Severian d- drinks the juice and eats the brain. Uh, it's so set up to be. No, the only way to reignite the sun is to find a, th- a third way. Right. Is to find mm-hmm. a different way to relate to mm-hmm. the people in history. The age of dark. You the say. age of dark. I say. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like, ah, oh, man, really? After all that, you're just going to eat the brain? Mm. You're just going to become all all the autarchs of all time? Mm. Mm-hmm. Some sort of, uh, you know, a pathway of a continually attempting to rekindle a flame. This is what I'm saying. Repeatedly. <laughs> Cameron, isn't that, yes. <laughs> isn't that notable that there's some uh, game that uses most of the ideas from Book of the News? But, but he just does. He just rekindles the flame and then says, uh, don't worry, I got this. <laughs> What Dark Souls misses is Catholicism, you see. It does, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. that is the big difference yeah, yes. here, is yeah, that, yeah. like, uh, and I, when, when I say Catholicism this time, what I mean is the Pope, is yeah, what yes. I mean is the, in, yeah, the, yeah. the actual institution, which yeah. is upheld here. Instead of saying, ah, yeah. yes, the Asians have it wrong because they're trying to reduce the humanity of their subjects, and the Commonwealth has it wrong because they're trying to turn, because no one person can actually represent all perspectives, no matter how many brains stick in there. Yep. We'll have to find another way of relating to the to the to the divine and to nope. each other. No, just stick with the Commonwealth one. That's the right one. That's the yeah, human mega one. pope. Yeah, mega pope. <laughs> just get, I mean, it's some real like 2080 kind of stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, what yeah. if we just get a super pope? Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I do love, and this is something that I've been pushing on for many episodes that now kind of comes to, to bear, although not textually, no one's saying this, but I think it's important, right? That like Severian is a critical supplement to the apparatus. Correct. What we got to figure out is what is the supplement, but there's something about Severian's judiciousness, Mm -hmm. right? And, and commitment to the bit, right? Like 
the the secret of the guild of tortures, you know, obedience. the trade secret is yeah. obedience. That you gotta yeah. eat the and brain. Now that's in the altar. Right. right, right, right. What does it mean to be ultimately obedient to the body politic? Yeah. Uh, and but also Thecla, that's the other piece. Is the and other. Thecla is not that. Oh. <laughs> Thecla is is manipulation right. and because that's uh, what separates this from this. That does separate this from previous instances of eating the altar. Right, right. Um, which is on my new hit single uh, from <laughs> from my band Plymon and Friends. Uh, <laughs> but no, you're right. That's distinct, right? Because because previously you get one new brain in there at a time. Mm-hmm. And that brain is probably a dude, you know. I guess have we heard of any women altarks? No, no, uh, certainly Consorts, not. Consorts, but no altar. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And certain uh, other details we get suggest uh, certain biological components. Are, oh, you're right. Yes, because yeah. the entire stakes of the trial to come is: Do you get to keep your dick? Basically, uh-huh. right? Yep. Uh huh. Cool. I also like that there are uh, like child altarks in there. Yeah. yeah, like it's an interesting wrinkle, and yeah. the, and it explains some of the behavior of the autark, where where Superior's like the autark's acting like a little kid, like plopping down and stuff. And it's like, uh, oh yeah, because mm-hmm. there's a bunch of kids running around yeah. in there too. Because yeah. <laughs> autark's everybody. Yeah, and I I find that fascinating. But yes, the, the uh, do you get to keep your space dick or not is a big a big part of the shaking plot my here. head. Gene, come on, bud. Hey, you know what? We got this little book called Earth and You, son. Oh, yeah. I was told we had to read. <laughs> We're going to find out oh, what no. happens to Severian oh, Space Dick. Dick. Ah. Yep. Yeah. All right, this yeah. has been a far, further reaching conversation, I think, of, of the collection of stuff here than we normally do before we start trying to talk through particular bits. You know, I think that's true. I think it needs yeah. it. It deserves it. Mm-hmm. I wrote my notes uh, that at one point Severian says that he doesn't have imagination, and I just I came up with this title: Severian Dark Cloak, the Boy Without Imagination. <laughs> you did write that down. That's a different and version. I think of this I want to put that in like a in like a uh, role playing campaign. Yeah, like a tabletop. Yeah, right, yeah, you yeah. Know. Just sneak him in there, little Severian, the Boy Without Imagination. Yeah, who just can't. You can't imagine. He cannot rotate a three D cube. Yeah. <laughs> what do you What do you What do you think about this moment? When they first, he first meets the the Altark, and uh, he gives he gives him the code phrase, the the Pelagic Argosy sites the land, etc. Yeah, and then and then the Altark is like, uh, please, um, uh, you know, uh, I'm not as strong as I look. Well, you know, you to get up here onto the <laughs> elephant, and Severian right. is like, uh, you never look strong to me, bud. <laughs> Severian is like obliterated right like he yes. said his leg crushed yes. here he's like lost a huge amount of blood and he's he gets that quip in there no matter what mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. marvel severian is here yes uh, it's 100 <laughs> spider-man severian shawarma yeah. later uh-huh. yeah. yes uh i want to call this i we've we have literally not gotten beyond the Mm-mm. first chapter of this reading but i want to say one more thing about it and then we can move on mm-hmm uh, which is, I think, one of the best pieces of writing in all of these books, and maybe in like the English language, is right here. This is like when Severian is taken back to the Autark's camp. You know, he's like in and out of consciousness, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. He says, uh, once I saw torches with dancing flames of scarlet and radiant gold held by solemn apes. A man with the horns and muzzled face of a bull bent over me. A constellation sprung to life. I spoke to him and found myself telling him that I was unsure of the precise date of my birth, 
that if his benign spirit of meadow and unfeigning force had governed my life, I thanked him for it. Then remembered that I knew the date, that my father had given a ball for me each year until his death, that it fell under the swan. He listened intently, turning his head to watch me from one brown eye. That's fucking cool. This is a poem, right? Because it's it's just like, a poem. There's, there's a lot of ambiguity here about who he is, you know, about who the speaker is. Obviously, Thecla is in here at this point. Yeah. Um, uh, Severian Wayne's Thecla takes over. Yeah. I love the kind of uh, uh, imagery control here on the part of Wolf. Who is able to be like it's the head of a bull? So so he has the you know this this you know autark creature right this human animal mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. has um uh, he, he he's like he's a cow right so he uh, he has um uh like not what's the opposite of a predator not prey but you know the eyes on the side of the head yeah, you know, like yeah, the goat has yeah. right mm-hmm. for the wider field of vision so it's easier for it to see when turned to the side right so like we get this very strong this is a, a you know a creature a humanoid whatever that's part of the autocracy it's a thing that severian must govern mm-hmm. one day right mm-hmm. maybe more closely than he governs anything else and it has this kind of nature within it where the shape of its literal body is this more um you know non-human thing i think every part of that is good right not just mm-hmm. like the severian part but the this is the reality of earth mm-hmm. um peace there i mean it just gets driven home so perfectly um but anyway that's, that's my bid i think that might be the best <laughs> writing in the whole thing it's very good and then he gets in a, a plane yep a super plane. i love when we're like barreling toward the end of a book and uh gene takes the time out to be like we need to spend a full page explaining how flyers work in case you're curious. <laughs> Got to get the physics in here. <laughs> Got to get the physics. The engineering matters a lot. We yeah. keep them high up on ice. Uh, we learn here that um, the Altark is is his own physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. Which is interesting because of the bit you just read in which it suggests that the man with the horns and muzzled face of a bull was the physician right like that's the the visual there is someone is attending mm-hmm. to to severian who is not uh uh the altar but the altar claims to have been treating severian himself right um uh but there's a fun contrast between bald anders and dr dr uh talos or talos mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. with the altar right the altar dr telos dr mm-hmm. telos yes mm. <laughs> taking bald anders to his final state hmm <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Um, yeah, the uh, I guess one of the big puzzles here, and, and it's a puzzle that's resolved. So, you know, it's not like a head scratcher, but everyone's been asking since the very beginning. What's up with the guy from the house of Zur? Yeah. <laughs> what's up with that uh, f- uh, phallus hanging off his neck? You know mm-hmm, what I mean? Yeah. And we get an answer to all that. We do. I do like the autark's justification or it's like. Uh, it's like, why, why shouldn't I'm the autark? Why shouldn't I be several people in my own administration? Yeah, <laughs> it's beneficial. I get to def- I get to delegate to myself. <laughs> Look, there's nothing better than vertically integrating responsibility. <laughs> the other day I had to, in my job, sign off on something as my own director <laughs> on a sheet of paper because the the thing that I was signing off on has one member. Me, you, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> In terms of the paperwork, love it. And so I was my own administrator. Yeah, and nothing more powerful <laughs> than being able to verify for yourself that a thing is occurring. 
Uh, autocracy is a fun thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I it, get it. The thing that's kind of funny about this is I think we'd kind of figured this one out in some ways around the voteless spy stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, yeah. oh, yeah, the autocracy is just like doing just has a bunch of secret identities, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not as many as maybe we didn't know it was as many as he kind of suggested is here. Um, but like by the time you run into him as a functionary, a mid-level functionary in the house absolute mm-hmm. and Thecla recognizes him as the autark, you're like, oh, he like plays at being these other people. Okay. Yep. You know, um, you don't know. Yeah, there's obviously, a way that Thecla seems to have figured this out before anyone else. Yes. A hundred percent. Like yeah. the whole schematic. Yeah. Yes. Uh, uh but it's fun. I think this reveals Vodalus, like this is such a, uh, like, I don't know, destructive thing to any confidence in Vodalus, right? Because mm-hmm. if Vodalus doesn't know this piece, right? Uh oh, yeah, it's know, done like, for Vodalus. Yeah, well, right. like the whole deal. Well, it it shows. Uh, how do I put this? Uh, like thematically, right? What this is doing is that it is showing us that Vodalus uh, actually does not have a true understanding of power what it is how it works and right. how to work it right, right. like mm. Vodalus Vodalus wants to be Vodalus of the wood but on the throne he wants to be like Typhon right he wants to be at the center of everything everyone should know his face right uh, but this is telling us that power is actually a far less glamorous thing than that, right? Power is about subtlety. Power is about judgment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about knowing when and when not to use it or like how to uh, uh, ratchet it back, right? Rather than going full bore. Right. Well, like, and there's something kind of uh, fun schematically here or or, or maybe just, uh, you know, as, an, as a, um, an analogy, which is like, and everyone knows the Altark's face, but they know it as someone else in their life, and they don't know that it's the Altark. The Altark is the face of the House Azure. The, the Altark, you know, is the face of the mid-level bureaucrat. You know, our, our president uh, uh, is a blue-collar worker just like us. It's just <laughs> that we don't know that that's whose face it is we're looking at, but it is the face that we conjure when we think of those people. You know, if you told – if you said to conjure the mid-level bureaucrat of the, of the House Absolute – it would be the it would be the guy that that Severian ran into in the House Absolute, and so mm-hmm. it is therefore the Altark. You know, if you told me, think of what uh, you know, someone who runs a brothel looks like in this world, it would be the Altark. Uh, you know, he is all things to all people. Um, uh, of course, of course, there is this very funny moment where Severian realizes for the first time and starts a paragraph. It, the, the Altark is like, "I'm also a criminal, just as you are." And mm-hmm. Severian's internal thought is, there is no limit to stupidity. <laughs> Space <laughs> itself is said to be bounded by its own curvature, but stupidity continues beyond infinity. And then he goes like, I never put this together. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a, a beautiful humbleness on the part of, of uh, yes. Severian. Do you think actually this is Thecla going, you idiot? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a lot more Thecla in this book than I think you could do a detailed read. Yeah. And it's interesting. It's interesting to me that, you know, the kind of uh, as we've called it before, right, the wolf industrial complex, right, is is so 
honed in on, and rightly, you know, I, I don't think this is like some sort of major error in thought, but like is so honed in on like resolving the puzzles that these questions of narration and narrator just are not as important for, for mm-hmm. those people. And so if you like scan around, you know, for like, questions about like on the reddit or whatever you know how much of this book is thecla there's not that much mm-hmm. there's not that much kind of speculation of that specifically uh which i find very you know fun and fascinating in some ways yeah um, well and then but, and then the the argument that the altark makes is like oh i have to be a criminal because otherwise i'll be i'll be too harsh on criminals i need to mm-hmm. know what it is to be a criminal uh mm-hmm. and and also then goes like and you know what I kind of think that's the thing I like the most is running the the brothel. Mm-hmm. I found my true present my, my true profession. Like this is the uh, I know how people work. I know what people like. That's kind of me. That's kind of like that's yeah. kind of what I like. You know. Now there's someone else who wanted to know what regular people were like, and so uh, uh, arranged everything so that he could have a representative or perhaps even embodiment on the realm of his subjects. Hmm. Who's that? I don't know who that. Who's that? A little guy called God. No, yeah. obliterated. <laughs> but yeah, like so. That's just another yeah. like uh, resonance mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. Is that the the autarchs again? The the political theology at work here is this this fantasy of a ruler uh, who is everyone and also no one, or like not even no one, right? But just is everyone or could be anyone. Yeah, and this is like a this is where we were talking about the what does Severian bring to the table kind of question mm-hmm. right before, like why Severian? Mm-hmm. I think this is where you get it, right? And this is very theological in form because it is a, what is it called? An, an enthymeme, right? So it's like, it's an argument where one of the premises are not stated directly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so like, I think what's being claimed here is there's there's an open issue within the autark of fulfilling that kind of sure. savior-esque thing, right? And Severian and Thecla together do something here and we have to like do the work to figure it out and i'm not sure i don't think we ever get a direct statement about that um we'll find out for in the next reading but i think that this is one of the things that's meant to get um sat with right not Mm -hmm. resolved but sat right sure um, in in a pretty specific way um they get they like they get in the flyer they fly Mm -hmm. around they're looking at all the battle stuff we really go out of our way over the course of this reading to like get more zingers in at the Asians. Yeah. Uh-huh. For nothing. Like yeah. we don't learn anything new about the Asians, yeah. right? We just get more more uh they're insufficient to the task. Although we do learn in this flyer thing and I'm curious about what y'all think. There's a um the autark says basically if if they could make a deal with Erebus and Abaya and like the mm-hmm. sea powers, then they would get both armies. Yeah. Like the Commonwealth could assume both armies if Nessus was given up, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Like they'll trade. War is over. You get all of North America, mm-hmm. but they just want Nessus. Right. Well, yeah, so this is, is precisely what he what he says. Uh, they do not come from the hot countries of the north, but from the continent that lies across the equator. But you were right. 
uh, when you called them the slaves of Erebus. They think themselves the allies of those who wait in the deep. In truth, Erebus and his allies would give them to me if I could give our south to them, give you and all the rest. I had to grip the back of the seat to keep from falling toward uh, toward him. Why are you telling me this? The flyer <laughs> righted itself like a child's boat in a puddle, bobbing, because it will soon be necessary for you to know that others have felt what you will feel. Uh, so it's another uh, uh, Typhon uh, temptation thing, right? Remember the mm-hmm. offer that Typhon mm-hmm. made to yeah. Severian, which is, yeah. uh, I will make you autarch of Earth, and I'll go out and I'll rule my empire, right? I'll be the autarch overall, over all of the planets that I'm going to retake, but you'll be the autarch of Earth. Right. Right. And so this is and this is like this is also like classic devil shit. Right. (laughs) Just just uh, agree with me. Right. Agree to do my bidding and I will make you more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Uh, All you have to do is just constantly listen to me to take me as kind of your lodestar. Uh, And so I think the implication here is that Erebus and Abaya uh, are would off like the, the Commonwealth is like the last freestanding nation on earth right or that's sort of the implication here that everything yeah. is being ruled by the th- the powers beneath the sea and they would make the offer oh if if you just give us the south if you let us claim full control of this planet uh then you'll have not only your own people but our people too right we will make mm-hmm. you lord over all mm-hmm. what is what's so what's so cool about nessus i think that's a big question mm-hmm. is it because there's the rock is because there's rocket ships there still I think there's got to be rocket ships everywhere, right? I don't know. People, people got to be tripping over rocket ships. Maybe. Well, we do end this reading by going back to Nessus. It does seem important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's going on in Nessus? Mm. We'll, find we'll find out. out. Yeah, we'll see. Do, do you think uh, this implies that like Erebus and Nabaya and all the other like space sea creatures like control space? No, I think it's a bunch of stuff up in space. This is this, this is, is like the last holdout. No, I think this is like oh, I hope not. That'd be boring. Well, what's I the, mean, <laughs> what's the book? Uh, the Nightland. Who is that? Is that Hodgson? That, that's Hodgson. Yeah. Uh, the last redoubt in that book, right? Which is right. like the less the rest of everything is like some nightmare soup, and yeah. uh, you know, there's the final location where humans live. Mm-hmm. Then we lost yeah. already. Let me let me go on the on the record. We already yeah, lost please. at that point. We ain't winning it back. We ain't yeah. getting that space back. They control space. It's space. Well, space is everything. <laughs> it's big. Unless you're talking about the solar system, in which case, all right, yeah, fine, whatever. Someone else could come and kick their faces in. You know what I mean? But if they control mm-hmm. the galaxy, and then if they control a second one of those and like a, a hundredth, what are we doing? The last readout is no readout. It's well, over. Well, they already control space. What are they doing? That's true. Like, what's so important about Earth? Mm-hmm. Just drop an asteroid on us. What are we, what are we doing? <laughs> You've got space. We do know uh, from Malrubius later that when humans went to space, they fucked everything up. This is mm-hmm. true. Yeah. <laughs> My impression uh, is that there are other things in space, but maybe yeah, that's mm-hmm. me filling in the gaps in, in, in like drawing from other, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, franchises and mythoses mm-hmm. and stuff. Right. But like that Erebus and Abaya are one such set of powers mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. which there are many others floating around out there, some of which might be from our time being in space. I don't know what else we left up there, you know? Mm-hmm. Space is huge. Right. Space is pretty big. Well, and it's then- full it's full of black holes and also white holes. <sighs> <laughs> Gotta get a white hole into the sun. 
Once we get a white hole under the sun, it's over. We're good. Did you get a little bit of that thing that it's energy that comes in from a higher dimension? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neat stuff. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, I'm putting all, that all out there to say like those are kind of the stakes as presented, you know, right, for the right. end of the thing. And also notable too, you know, um, uh, Michael, as you were saying, the Typhon stuff is, you know, it's it's Christ in the desert, you know, yeah. very much mm-hmm. played in that way. But also that Autark is referred to as Legion. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Which also, it's like, how many Satans can you have? Yeah. Well, but, and, and just a, another small detail, uh, and I want to point this out because it's one of those places where interpretation happens, right? And I think it's really interesting. You in your summary said this, that mm-hmm. the uh, the solution that is drunk by Severian, right? The, the Autark gives, gives uh, uh, for the brain eating and all that yeah you said it was an alzabo potion i don't think that's yeah, true like that and it's this not, is it's not actually yeah right this is it's often, more powerful than an alzabo potion right it is often uh asserted i've not i've noticed this it's often asserted in the reading community that it's just the alzabo potion no. again oh. but what the autark oh, yeah. says is that it is a pharmacon like the yeah alzabo. well and the mm, yeah, the, yeah. the terrible yeah. doctor the leech explains that there are other ways to do this thing that are better than Alzabo. And then later, Severian is like, oh, I guess this is that. It's like pretty <laughs> clear that it's not just the Alzabo juice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, just shortcut it, which I think is what a lot of people do, right? But yeah, you're yeah. 100%. It is not that. And I, I pull that out if only because it is, it, it gets it right precisely uh, these questions or these issues of like, like what is going on with the autark as a position or kind of like as an institution, right? Uh, if it's so close to something that uh, in its previous, like it, as we've seen up through the book uh, to this point, right? Like the Alzabo was like demonic. Like that was, mm-hmm. you know, my reading, but like uh, it is still presented as macabre as kind of gross. And yet uh, in in the, uh, you know, sort of logic of this novel, right? The kind of metaphysics of it, things are always being mirrored. If there's a good thing or if there's a bad thing, then there might be a more positive mirror of it. And so we've got the Alzabo and then like the Pharmacon that uh, uh, the, the Autark has. And it queries or like prompts, uh, I think, precisely this kind of question of like, uh, again, like uh, if you're going to have multiple consciousnesses inside you, there are good and bad ways to do that. And so like what is what is like a good kind of uh, a concatenation of pers- of personalities versus a, a bad one? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Also, one that is life, not carrion. Sure. Right. The the uh, the doctor in the jungle does not explicitly say it's a different juice. What what happens is Severian is like. Uh, uh, why are you hanging out here with with these people? And he's like, I'm here for knowledge. Uh, I, there's no one, there's nowhere that a man in my profession can learn as I learn here. And uh, making the connection, he's you know, he's in service to Vodalus. Severian's like, oh, do you mean because like Vodalus lets you eat the dead? Because I've done that. I did that too. Maybe they didn't tell you that, but I did that. And the the doctor says, no, no, learned men, particularly those of my profession, practice that everywhere, and usually yeah. with better effect. Since we are more selective of our subjects and confine ourselves to the most retentive tissues, the knowledge I seek cannot be learned in that way since none of the recently dead possessed it, and perhaps no one has ever possessed it. And he's talking about like, he's basically saying, Vodalus lets me do some fucked up experiments here. Um, yep. And so, yes, he does not explicitly say that there's another juice that you can drink. He does say you eat the good brain, you eat brain instead of eating like fingernail idiot uh but that's like 
you know, somehow my mind while reading was like, oh, and I guess the juice is different. This is the good juice. So that's just not in the book. But that is where my mind went at the very least. So Well, I really mm-hmm. love that uh, it, it, that harkens directly back to Severian's like ponderance way in Shadow of the Torturer. Yes. Of, like, is a, does, does a, a finger does have a finger as have much? A, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you think that? Why would you think <laughs> that a finger has as much people in it as a brain? Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. It's really funny. There, there, I do think the last of the, the end of the book tries to get too many zingers in on our earlier Early Severian. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, are, which is funny. Like, I find that inherently funny, but I don't know why we're doing it, you know, like in, a, in an abstract sense. Well, because now mm-hmm. he has all these other voices in his head being like, oh, brother, this is the guy who's in charge now. They can give this guy the wheel. Yeah. Right. That was the other thing I wanted to mention. I just wanted to talk about like when I first read these books and a thought that I had on the issue of the El Zabo and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in the Discord brought this up because we didn't talk about it in the episode. Uh, I like I had it marked and I was going to bring it up if anyone else brought it up and I would talk about it uh, just because it, it would have maybe required us to consider some spoilers in the future. There is a bit uh, earlier on. I think in this book, it might have been later on in Lictor, though, um, where Severian, as the narrator, just offhandedly mentions all the other voices that are now yeah. inside me. Yeah. yeah yes, yeah. I very right? specifically yeah. did not mention it. Yeah, uh, because it would like, I, you know, poison by knowledge. I know where it leads us here. When Same. I first read this book, uh, I remember hitting that part and sort of like setting the book aside and being like, are we on a collision? Like it didn't seem likely, yeah. but the immediate thought that I had was like collision course to like Mad King Severian, who's just like drinking El Zabo and like eating people left and right. Yeah, cool, right? That would be cool. That'd There's be great. the horrible grim dark version of this. Yeah, yeah. I gotta see here what else we got going on. Um, I like when Thecla takes over here during this conversation to be like, "Why did you murder me?" Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then later the Autark is like, you are feeding, you're betraying me. Well, like you're giving your sister information. <laughs> uh-huh. Why? And, and like, I didn't do it. Just people who represent me did it. Cause that is objectively like a thing you're not supposed to do. Like, what do you want? But, but which, which really gives you the final confirmation of, uh, this question of judgment, right? Like Severian is, is obedience is the primary mm-hmm. thing. Thecla is rebellion. Rebellion so fundamental that she would never think that she could be responsible for it, yeah, right? Like, sure. I can't believe you killed me for being a traitor. <laughs> um, I, I It's great. Well, and, and there's two things here. First is I love that the Autark is like, I'm not going to tell you I'll tell you when you're when you're Severian again, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the the second part of that that I like a lot is um, do I remember the second part of it that I, oh uh, is that he's like I didn't order your death. What do you, what do you, I'm busy. <laughs> you're I'm being de- all these people, right? I'm all these people in multiple different ways. I'm both all these people <laughs> in my brain and all these people in the world. I, someone, you got arrested for betraying me. And then that got like, you know, shuttled, you got that shuttled through the betrayal system. You know, <laughs> like what happens when someone betrays me and then you mm-hmm. wound up dead. Okay. You know, maybe if I found out, actually, maybe I would have interceded. Who could say? Who could say? But I didn't. <laughs> well, and you're dead. This is also just like more, I, we do not have to rehash it. 
but I really am thinking, this is why I was like, I'm poisoned by knowledge the yeah, last yeah, time yeah. about the, you know, knocking the woman down in the field or whatever in that very the cruelty moment. Of, of Thecla. I think this is I like this is another Thecla. And Thecla is so impassioned and rightly impassioned, right? She, she mm-hmm. got tortured to death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is so impassioned that Autark gets his gun out. And it's like I might have to I might have to start blasting <laughs> in this fire because uh, Thecla because Thecla is impassioned and strong and powerful and quick to judgment and um you know quick to anger, which goes back into some of the kind of uh, implicit misogyny stuff that we talked about mm-hmm. all the way back mm-hmm. in Shadow of the Torture, yeah. right? Like some of that stuff about like women and their capacity to um, be more cruel than men, right? Mm-hmm. There's a way of reading that now is both like that's a statement about the world. Is that a statement that's partially influenced by Thecla? Who knows, right? But also we have a character who's the living embodiment of it, right? You know, if Severian needs to turn that on, it's Thecla now who's doing that stuff. Um, and I, you know, I don't think that that doesn't change any of the inherent misogyny, but it does give it a different character. Sure. Of, yeah. Like we're actually seeing that show up here. Uh, which maybe makes it worse in some ways. I'm still not on board this because of how many pre-Thecla misogynistic outbursts we got from Severian in the House right. of Jor and with Jalenta and, you know. Right. But but I, I do get the argument. I do. Right. And I'm not saying that it's like, oh, it's Thecla who's showing up and like informing or making all those statements. Sure. But, but she's that, there and, and her, her edge is present. Well, I'm thinking that it's the Severian – because we understand now that Severian and Thecla are kind of battling one another for control. Mm-hmm. And I can see a Severian narrator doubling down on some of those thoughts because he's living through it, right? right? right. Like the pieces of Thecla that come forward are the ones that reaffirm all those biases, right? Which still means the book is structurally misogynistic, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives a convenient out for narrator Severian to <sighs> to say that, right? Because we've seen it happen over and over. I, I, I think it may, like I said, I think it actually makes those claims Worse right, <laughs> in right. some ways because of the way that Wolf has chosen to portray Thecla specifically as having better capacity toward violence or more capacity toward violence and more mm-hmm. an impassioned capacity for violence. I was going to say more sort of like sp- spontaneous or right. like personal. Yeah, right. it's definitely uh, uh, for spontaneous violence because mm-hmm. Severian has killed countless people that he has not recounted here. During his oh, yeah. travels from Nessus to Thrax, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, he he worked his his service many times and they just kind of left it off the side, but enough so that like Dorcas saw it a fucking bunch, right? So, yeah, both have a capacity for violence, but they're different types of violence. One is uh, kind of personal, and one is institutional, which absolutely maps to a certain sort of gendered representation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the mm-hmm. way that, that people think about violence and the way that you know culturally mm-hmm. these these things are coded. Does it change your uh, thought about all that narrative or all of that stuff earlier in the first book, knowing that uh, Yamar is like in there? Because <laughs> Yamar's the person who said yeah, women, women, women are too yeah, impassioned. Yeah, they yeah. can't be torturers. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Yamar's theoretically swimming around in there. Yeah. Well, right in the book. One of the things that's funny about that, right, is that like in now that this is the case, Yamar is in there and w- Severian can like ch- check his sources. You know what yes. I mean? Yeah. Uh, like, did you really say that, Yamar? And Yamar is like, "Yup, I did. Uh, I did. I sat with that dog too." Uh-huh. <laughs> On the subject of Yamar, one of the things I really like here is that uh, the the current Autark mentions that uh, they are so they are 
uh, a eunuch is the way that Severian thinks of them when mm-hmm. uh, upon first meeting them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are the way that they are because they attempted the trial where they go beyond the solar system, beyond known space, and then right. essentially get unmanned in, in some way. Right. Uh, and uh, I think they say explicitly that they are the first uh, Autark to have mm-hmm. attempted the trial since Imar. Yeah. And so, like, retroactively, the name Imar the Almost Just right, is yeah. just really, like, I was like, oh, yeah. that's really cool. That's right. Funny. Like, yeah. the first, yeah. Yeah, it's not about justice in an abstract sense. It was attempting to bring about the new sign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you gotta, you gotta, you gotta roll the ball. You gotta take a swing. If you get to be it's the scary. Altark and you don't, I don't care. You're the Altark. God damn it! <laughs> get up there. Go up to the plate. <laughs> you gotta take a no swing. No one else gets to. No one else yeah. gets to. You have to live a whole life before someone else gets a chance to. I mean, you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Wait, what do you mean? You could just, I mean, I get the sense from uh, current Autark that it's not like the previous person had lived a whole life. They were just like, I've been informed that you're the next one. Here we go, yeah, Buster. But my point being, well, presumably you get the Autark juice in the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in there is like, oh, someone told me I could go try to save the new son. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the, the previous Autark did it. So maybe, you know, unless, unless. Between Amar and and current Altark, everyone forgot that you could go do this. Go do this. In which case, uh, I'll give them a pass. Someone didn't. It was in eschatology and Genesis that we had the Autark being given the offer. Oh, right. like there's there's a new world coming. Uh, you can either give way to it, or you can attempt to extend your power and take the new world for yourself. Yeah. This is Dragon's Dogma, by the way, also, by the way. Like, that's a spoil at the end <laughs> yes. of Dragon's Dogma, yes. but it also does this in a really, yeah. in a way that I think is, like, way more clever than Dark Souls does it. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the People should go read the weird mythology behind what is, on its face, a very plain and straightforward fantasy game. Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think you have to do it. I think if you get to be the alt, this is, this is, you got to be ready, <laughs> you know? You got to be ready for when the god shows up. You got to be ready to take the, the test. You know, the stakes aren't even that high. Yeah. You're still going to be Altark if you fail. Yeah, you just don't get an heir. You have to pass it on Who to cares? someone new. And it looks like there's like a good machinery in place for picking yeah. the next Altark. Like the Altark talks about. In fact, oh, we got to change this whole society. <laughs> give me a line of people and give me the Alzabo juice. Give me the super Alzabo juice. Go breed the super Alzabo, whatever it is. <clears throat> get the juice ready. Get that, get that ice pick ready. We're, we're just going to run this thing. Like it's a like it's a MMO dungeon. Like it's an MMO. That's what I was saying. Quest. That's what I'm saying, right? You don't have to live a whole life. You're you right. Can just sequence it up. Sequence Go it back up. Back to back. Yeah. How many people live in Nessus? All right, bud. You're up. <laughs> well, I think that's the problem. Is Here's that they're the working through? It seems like they're working through like the ranks of the servants of the House Absolute. Did you catch that? I, I did catch that. Yes. Yeah. The altar isn't the altar save it like someone like the kitchen steward the or kitchen something steward or like a chef yeah. or something is in there. Yeah. 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 It was like the, the altar before him. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> we need people trying this every day. I want a one week turnaround at most. This is like if you said to a stadium, you know how how in an arena in like a basketball game at the halftime, they'll be like, and Jimmy is going to shoot from the half court. And if he makes it, he gets a million dollars. Guess what? Yeah. You're allowed to make everybody in the stadium shoot it. <laughs> and you were gonna. OK. Step up. This isn't little. This is the whole planet. <laughs> I'm sorry that I'm inventing Omelis, by the way, but like. Omelis is already real, right? 
that wasn't a hypothetical. We already live in O'Malis, right? <laughs> and and we got it. We got to crack the skulls open and send people up. Go do the trial. <laughs> We're distributing the Autark juice to local CVSs. Yes. <laughs> I want everyone to have one of these in their back pocket. Like you go through sex ed and they're like, all right, well, here's a condom, like just in case, you know, you never know. I want everyone to have the Autark juice ready to go. Now, have I produced a culture in which people are just eating each other's brains and claiming <laughs> yeah. that they're doing it for Autark reasons? Yes. I mean, they're doing that already. They're doing that already. Voters that's already is doing that externality in this society. This is already happening. I mean, that's a fun thing about this, right? Is that like it recasts Votalists and like the Alzabo stuff as like half understood part of the Altark. Because Votalist right, knows uh, that the Altark is Legion, right? Um, when the confrontation happens between Votalist and Severian, Votalist is like, oh, a lot of most people don't know that about, about the Altark, you know? Uh, the Altark who in one body is a thousand, that is correct, but how few of us know it. Like, he knows that part, but it's like he doesn't understand the second part of that mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. Like, what what we're building to with it, you know? Yeah, the going to space part. The going to space part. The really important part. Yeah, space gladiator arena. Uh, uh, John DeFool needing to go to the other galaxy to compete in the Olympics. <laughs> yep. <laughs> go listen to our bonus episode of The In Call. Patreon.com slash range touch. Boom. Mm-hmm. Are we still in chapter two of this reading? <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> confirm. Um, Agia shows up. They crash. They crash. They get shot Autark down, U- right? They, mm-hmm. they get shot down, and the uh, Autark does a double whammy. Uh, and because the Autark is also a turncoat for Vodalus, calls Vodalus to like get things going, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. In order to help Severian out, and uh, Agia shows up mm-hmm. because she's working with Vodalus. Yeah. Yep. Notably, writing the big weird pterodactyl that Severian dreamed he was writing yeah. uh, back in his first dream when he shared the bed with Baldanders. Yeah, uh, there's a great yeah. line in the mix in the middle of this, by the way, that I just love, which is um, this is I think this is before the crash. Uh, he describes the Altark's laugh as uh, uh, the a, a flat laugh, like the slap, like the snapping of a flag in high wind. <sighs> Love that. Great. He can write. My man can write a book. He I'll can write a that. fucking book. <laughs> uh, yeah. Aggie is here. That was fun. That's fun. Yeah. Is it? I don't. You know what? Yes. <clears throat> Here's the thing. Because Heather is ahead of you still. Yeah. Heathor. 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 I am fine with Agia can show up anywhere. Agia is like in one of those games, like the RPGs that where you have a rival and the Uh rival can appear at any time. Agia Mm -hmm. has this plot power. She Mm -hmm. always has. She should always keep it. I want her to show up in a different book I'm reading to be like a Severian here. I'm looking for this guy. Like I want to be on a different author and Agia shows up in the hunt. Like that to me is who she is more than I guess the altar kind of had that power, too, because that's how he's been. That's how he's been (laughs) showing up in the book. Right. It's like, oh, I guess we've turned 70 pages. The altar is here. And it's I guess we've Mm -hmm. turned 60 pages. uh, You know, AG is here. And those just happen to finally line up. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool. I'm fine with her showing up. I'm fine with with Heather and her having sworn their fealty to Vodalus in exchange for the, the life of. Uh, for the life of Severian. This is like fantasy novel stuff that works for me. Yes. You know? Uh, 
this is the fantasy stuff, fantasy novel stuff that doesn't work for me. <laughs> not not the coincidence part, but the like, you know, they Severian's brought to Vodalus and is in this ziggurat chamber, which is very cool, by the way. This like uh-huh. massive ziggurat that like is above the the canopies of the tree, so he thinks it's right. the ground at first out there. It's just right. weird. He's like, "What's the weird ground out there?" <laughs> just the treetops. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's very cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, this makes perfect get, sense to me because, like, all he does is talk Severian constantly, yeah. and yes. and talks about Vodalus the whole time. And so, since so Aji is like, "I'm hunting for this dude," I'm going to go talk to this guy Vodalus and see if he has a line. And oh, uh, there's no, I, I've got no like causality issue okay. here, mm-hmm. but it's just the like uh, lining all the villains up in the in the nefarious ziggurat thing. Yeah, like, you know. So it's like Severian's Where there, talking to Vodalus. Doom? Sorry, which Basically. ones? Which ones are the villains? Because I'm only really counting the leech as a villain. I still think Agia <laughs> is the hero of this book. Because here's mean, the thing: the way that Agia the, could sure. kill could kill Severian here. And it's done. Eats brain. I mean, eats the brain, goes to space. <laughs> uh, I am no man, you know? <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah, I that would be lose. cool. That would be cool. Uh, the uh, No, but the thing we get is like, Vodalus is there and it's he's nefarious. Thea is like written out of the book entirely. Someone who yeah, is Thea, like- Thea being gone sucks. That really blows. Yeah. Oh, no, it's even She's worse. literally She's called to be a figurehead, right? He's like- Yes. Yeah. She's there standing. Sorry, a figurehead in the the mast of the the front of the ship part of a figurehead, not even a figurehead as the leader of a nation. Yeah, she's just she's just there. Right. I guess I'm like complaining about the quality of the way this is expressed, not the situation, because we get like the the throne room, right? Mm -hmm. Vodalus there, Robin Hood now just like doing his thing. And they have that weird who's on first conversation. I'm the autark. You're the autark. (laughs) Who's the autark? (laughs) I'm the traitor. Um, They they do all of that. Thea is there and has been, like, obliterated from the text, right? Like, he's yeah. just standing around saying nothing, despite the fact that Thecla, Thecla is, is here. watching, yeah. yeah uh-huh. Thecla's here! Yeah. Or what are well, you this doing? Gene, what the fuck? No sense to me. It's like, the way y'all have been talking about this book is that, like, chapters, you know, uh, basically, like, from maybe Guasach forward, so, like, chapter mm-hmm. 19 forward is what Gene had, and that Gene wrote the Lazarette stuff to make it a book-sized yes. book. Yeah. Gene... You could have made this part the book-sized book. Yes, it's, it's very weird. frustrating. It's weird. Um, but also, I get it because if you told me, like, all right, you wrote the end of this book, but you need it to be longer. And I'd be like, oh, my God. I'm just going to write a little side story where Severian gets to hear. Because, like, I don't want to write more. I wrote the book already. I'm done. Just I know have where him it goes. talk to the future guy. I yeah. don't know. Just talk to the future like, guy. Have you heard about the the, the group of 17? I'm going to tell you about the group of 17. Uh. But yeah, and it also makes the loyal stuff like so much worse in retrospect when like all we get about the Asians after that yeah. is it's like it's women. Well, anyway, that's the thing is being. it becomes clear that he wrote the loyal stuff after he wrote this yes. stuff because he's like, oh, I should give more more color to the Asians. Maybe it's not mm-hmm. clear. Maybe I'm wrong about the actual material production of this book. You know, but it feels. No, I don't think so. I think that is a a verified uh, reality of the thing. That's what it what feels it like. It feels like he wrote these caricatures called the Asians, and then later he went. I bet they got something going on. You right. know. Yeah, no, it's so weird how we get all of that stuff that I, I talked about extensively last time with the Asians and speech and like they still have the indomitable human spirit inside them or mm-hmm. whatever. And then we get the autark being like, you know, the good Asians often kill themselves the second that they're given a gun on the battlefield. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
anyway, point being is that so we get that piece where where it's like we've got all this set up. Thea is nothing. Severian literally turns around and it's like. Uh, you know, a topless Aegea getting groped by Hathor, right? Uh-huh. And like that does happen. Firelight. It's just the the most like bottom of the barrel yeah. dog shit. You know, uh, fantasy image you could have mm-hmm. that doesn't even have like an interesting quality to it. It's literally it's just boring to me. And th- if I think that there is a sin of like the end of this book, it is the places that are. Um, finishing up the fantasy tale yeah. in a way that that doesn't do much interesting with it, right? So, you know, and as someone who likes, you know, as we talked about in the bonus salad, patreon.com slash range touch, the one on the monster manual. Yeah. I'll tell you about where the gnomes come from all day long, right? <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go in for some fantasy bullshit, right? But this is the fantasy bullshit I think that is just like, you know, why bother? So just, just talk to the leech more. So, uh, one, I get you on this, Cameron. I understand, mm-hmm. like, the, the whole thing with uh, Asia being groped by Heathor and all that. It's, like, it's weird and salacious and doesn't really need to be there and only serves to kind of, like, underscore how bad these characters are and, and all that stuff. Yeah, uh, that's the thing for me is it, like, doesn't do any – it's not – like, I'm, I'm down for salacious, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, that's not my problem here, right? My problem is, like, it does not give us a better quality of any of this stuff and it just kind of, like, triples down on what we already know. Um, but it, but I'm sensing a but that <laughs> yes. this is Michael's favorite image in the book. <laughs> it is. This is where it all begins <laughs> and ends for me. Uh, no. Um, I, so I, I, I'm going to like try to put this in a way that I, I think informs why it's happening, which is like, I think Wolf pre- presents us with this image precisely in order to kind of like indict it. Um, yeah. Or yeah, like, you know, so. this is obviously because these are like the villainous characters, but like sort of the the logic of what he's trying to work out here, I think, is really interesting because uh, I don't remember. Did, did this even come up in your summary? Uh, Asia kills Vodalus. No, that didn't. Right. That did not come up. Yeah, that does yeah. happen. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So uh, I got to save some I got to save some meat for the <laughs> for the discussion. I can't do it all. <laughs> so I already talked about. But, but uh, later on, she does that. She yes. Does. Uh, that part rules, honestly, frankly. I'm down with Right. It. I like that worm she talks about. Her worm that burns people to death and crawls yes. back to her. Yeah. That takes a long time to kill people that way. Yeah. <laughs> with oh, a crawling worm. Anyway, sorry. Go oh, on. so uh, uh, again, thinking of the way that this novel is preoccupied with like mirrors and doubling and foils and things like that and uh, pointing out what Austin said about Aegea as kind of the the RPG rival who just kind of shows up as uh, your your opposite number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she is that for Severian here uh, in, in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. She inverts Severian in terms of gender, uh, but she is also like it is uh, her desire to destroy Severian that leads her to vote. Vodalus, but also uh, like she betrays Vodalus, right? And this mm-hmm. is all I think part of uh, again more of a political uh, critique that is also a political theological critique um, that I've heard in various ways. But it's it's just sort of kind of an old conservative saw that oh, if you're just like worshiping revolution, and if you devote yourself to revolution, uh, then you're just constantly erecting a new master and then killing the uh, master in favor of a new master and so on and so forth. And you have to figure out what the right authority is to align yourself with and then build the hierarchy down from there. And then you can make judgments about when to revolt against improper authority and so on and so forth. Otherwise, we're just in this mess of like constant revolution, right? Um 
And I think that that is what is happening here with Asia is that uh, uh, it's showing in some ways like where Severian could have gone uh, mm-hmm. if he had mm-hmm. remained yeah. if he had remained entranced by the romance of of revolution as he was earlier on when he first met Vodalus. Um, but then also her willingness to use uh, her sexuality to get Heathor to do things for her, right, uh, is this mirror of Severian's own like hangups about sex and mm-hmm. the ways that he uh, uh, exerts uh, or like tries to like assert himself over women uh, and the ways that he also is constantly like desiring of them um, um, and like given over to kind of these adolescent fantasies. And I think this is also like at a higher level Wolf, Wolf trying to work a sort of genre critique. Uh, which is that, you know, the the idea, like the the idea of like science fiction and fantasy or of genre literature in general is that it is all these uh, adolescent fantasies for boys who just like want to imagine themselves as being big and strong and getting all the women and, you know, these uh, uh, it's a little bit past Wolf's time in, in terms of being an adolescent. Right. But like the Frazetta painting or whatever yeah, with the, sure, the, sure. the curvy women. Um, Wolf is trying to sort of condense all of these caricatures of like what people get from genre literature and like pin it on these villain characters to then turn around to his own guy and be like, and here's how you get out of that. Uh, You provide a firm moral and metaphysical foundation uh, in, in, you know, Mm -hmm. get right with God. (laughs) I don't know, man. I feel like there's a lot of people right with God who still want to grab some boobs. I feel Mm -hmm. like that's still how happening out there, Gene. I, I think you're not going to, I don't think you're going to win this one. <laughs> I do love this idea of Agia as mirror or inverted Severian. Um, I, and mm-hmm. I say inverted because like Agia begins the book having already had her Thecla in Agilis. Yes. Uh, now they're not combined, but there is a sort of like, that is the missing part for her, right? Which, uh-huh. which you know, has some incestuous. Whether there's incest there or not is separate from the fact that it's like it's a closeness, it's a it's a oneness that is presented between the two of them, and in the, in the fact that him dying produces a lack. We've had Thecla now called Severa uh, uh, as the mm-hmm. by the the one was the nun in the Lazarette, maybe or maybe it was someone mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. along the way. Um, in having that taken from her she becomes lesser in the way that Severian is becoming more in some ways by Thecla's integration into him. Um, And she kind of becomes Severian, the journeying fantasy, you know, uh, character because of that removal. Whereas in some ways, the inclusion of Thecla is what has driven him forward at this point. You know, there's some Mm -hmm, fun, mm -hmm. there's, there's some really fun mirroring inversions happening for sure. I still want the Agia book. You want the Malrubius era book i want the agia's mm-hmm. version of this story book you want the like the twilight i i guess you What's, know what i'm talking about w- yeah w- yeah where they did the 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 uh sequel book that is just the first book rewritten from the perspective of uh, the uh, did they do this? vampire fellow I yeah. Robert Pattinson. yeah i don't know if it ever got actually released maybe it did i remember yeah, uh, there was a big like controversy over it uh and uh i think she stopped writing for a while because everyone talked about how silly it was I think it's a great idea. It's a great. Well, isn't there like a? Didn't someone fairly recently write like a version of the Odyssey from Penelope's perspective? Am I dreaming this up? I think that probably comes out every year. I mean, yeah, but look, that's what I want. <laughs> like, I don't. I think one of uh, them like rocked the boat recently. You know what I mean? One of them like made it. a splash. Some mm. sort of ocean boat metaphor. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
uh, took a runner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me yeah, see yeah. here. I'm looking for Twilight series. Midnight Sun. Yeah, it came yeah. out. Mm-hmm. It retells the events of Twilight from the perspective of Edward Cullen instead of that series' usual narrating character, Bella Swan. Yeah, we do that with Aegea. Yeah, sure. Get the. I think the Wolf Estate, based on a little bit of research, because we, not we, actually, some people on the Discord, um, think uh, uh, Benjamin on the Discord, maybe, was trying to figure out like where the Wolf Estate papers are, mm. and it looks like they're kind of in limbo. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like not a university library that currently has them ready to go and accessible. They might be donated, but we're not quite sure where. Um, and so that's, you know, we got to figure that out. And when we figure mm-hmm. out who controls the rights, then uh-huh. we're, we're writing, uh, uh, you know, the Book of the Dark Sun. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I was thinking, by the way, of Ithaca, which came from, uh, I want to say maybe uh, from, from Claire North, who is a pen name for Catherine Webb, who also wrote mm-hmm. The First 15 Lies of Harry August, which won a bunch of awards a decade mm-hmm. ago. So that is the one that I was thinking of. Anyway. What about the 16th life? Uh, no one knows. That's a variance. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, longer than you think, Dad. Um, the, uh, what do you call it? Uh, one last thing to say about the Autark and uh, this section. We're going back one step. But it's an important step. Austin, very early on in the book, when we were in the botanical gardens, when Severian was mumbling to himself, yeah. you you asserted, this guy doesn't remember anything. He just repeats everything to himself over and over again. Did I say that? Yes, you did. Because I don't remember anything. I just repeat everything over and over again. <laughs> well, I'm repeating it for you. Thank that's, you. That's, that's the benefit I've of having I've externalized my memory into right. podcasts and people who, are, who share them with me. That's right. This is uh, cybernetic Austin. Yeah. Uh, God, something uh, really wild happened related to this recently that I'm just going to relate, which is uh, <clears throat> um, a, a thing happened in the show, the Friends of the Table season Palisade, in which yep. I reference a thing being said at the end of Twilight Mirage, uh, the se- uh, one of the previous sci-fi seasons. And mm-hmm. uh, I was referencing a thing I read in the transcripts, we have, we have transcribers who we who we who we pay. Uh, mm-hmm. We have you know fans who do it, and we pay them uh, you know a, a, a little bit of money for it. Um, and it was wrong. The transcriber transcribed something wrong, but I oh. used it as like a little bit of a. I, there's a there's a thing, um, you know the the blanks live and dream is what I said, but what was mm-hmm. transcribed as the blanks live in dreams. And so I leveraged that this season to say that in the time since Twilight Mirage, one of the things that they have done is lived in in the dreams of people. Because it's like, oh, yeah, I set that up at the end of Twilight Mirage, I guess. And that's just not true. I didn't (laughs) do that. But it's great. It's perfect. Like, could that be a better slippage? Uh, of the cybernetic system of, rec- of you are uh, you're Gene Wolfen over there. I because, am. You know, oh, yeah. as as Wolf said later in life, right? He used some of the fan texts around Book of the New Sun to work on the the rest of the solar cycle. Yep, a hundred percent. And like, I could have gone and double checked it, and I didn't have the time to, so I didn't. I was like, oh, yeah, I trust the transcript. And of now course. the transcript has been updated, so someone must have heard me say this and then gone and like, is that what he said? I don't think that's what he said, and checked it <laughs> and changed it. Oh my word! Yeah. The snake eats its own tail. Hmm. Anyway, Robo Rose. Uh, the uh, that's the thing I said was he's just walking around mumbling. Yeah, and and you know we we made a big joke about that. I'll talked about it. Yeah, 
Here, Severian, after the crash, is like, oh, my God, I've forgotten something. Yeah, for the first time. For the first mm-hmm. time. And then said, and knowing that I forget, I'm forgetting that. It's fading away. The very feeling of for having forgotten. <laughs> my man has, is forgetting things all the time. It's so funny. And he just doesn't know it. He just He's just got it. a normal memory. Yeah. He's uh-huh. a normal dude. He's just a normal dude. <laughs> he might have like a good memory. I think he has a good memory. No, I, yeah, I mean, I, the mechanism of the novels does not work. If it he's requires just like normal. Right. Yes. It requires him yeah. to like have this long-term memory recall yes. because that's the thing that makes him special, right? The thing that makes him special is like what is done to him disciplinarily, right? You know, the thing that makes him right. love order, do the torture, all that kind of stuff. But the other thing that makes him special special is this like biological predisposition, right, to um, having perfect recall or at least the the utter confidence to believe he has perfect recall yeah that allows thecla to not just be in there but to live in there right, right. and which maybe that's going to affect the the legion of x uh uh altarks also oh of course right? it seems like yeah. it right yeah. it seems like that's why he's having this like series of what appear to be externally a bunch of seizures right yeah. Uh, it, which is the same thing that happened to him when Thecla was inside of him too, right? The drooling and all that stuff mm-hmm. uh, is that I, there is something more than what happens to other people, which is like this getting high off of and this memory. Because we also got the thing in, I think, the first reading for this book that uh, people know when the Vodalari are around because they can hear them mumbling yeah, to themselves, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. because they are also kind of in conversation to the things in there. Which is but, also the most Dark Souls thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know? But you don't get a sense that, like, Vodalus, when he eats of the others, they, like, take him over, no, right? And right. Severian's memory and his ability to store these beans in them allows them to take him over, which makes the unifying them all together very difficult, it seems like. Yeah. You know, it's it's a real struggle. Uh, and he's, like, you know, foaming at the mouth about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think that's very funny that we even here at the end, Gene is, like, don't forget mm-hmm. that Severian's got a perfect memory, and it, it freaks him out when he doesn't. Yeah. Um, What's funny is he remembers this. He remembers forgetting this time. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And the Altark says, you'll remember it forever. Yeah. For eternity. Um, You want to, I don't know where we want to go. I mean, the next major thing, or the big things we need to talk about, um, they, they're they part of the retinue of Vodalists. They yeah. go into the Asian army. Eventually, Aegea comes and springs Severian because she wants him all to herself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the green man shows up. And, the, and the, this is after stuff. the shrug, right? The shrug happens after before. The shrug. Yeah. The, the, which is like, you know, oh, yeah. we skipped something very important about being on the march. Please. Someone's there. Someone's in the Who mix running around. Uh-huh. Ducking under uh, curtains and going in and, and ducking back out. Father mm-hmm. Nere is is out here mm-hmm. in the streets. Mm-hmm. What are you doing <laughs> out here, bud? Where are you? Have he's we, just a little guy. He's just a little guy. Yeah. He's just like zipping into the, the autarch's like little tent. You're like, hee hee hoo hoo. <laughs> I, I don't know that I trust this guy. I got to tell you. You think he's bad? I don't think I trust this guy. What if he's good? I think if he was good, I mean, he did teleport that kid or whatever. <laughs> he didn't do that. He didn't do that for like did, the one thing we know really definitively about him is not a cool thing to have done. No, no, not so much. Anyway, no. extremely funny. Uh, just before that, just another thing I want to mention is uh, the kick ass uh, goth space ritual. Just, oh, just want to flag that. Yeah. Is that. It's just like in the middle of this section. 
He's like, yeah. uh, anyway. Yeah, it's actually how the chapter starts, how On the March starts. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah. well, I need to tell you actually something about what happened last night, which is that we were doing basically uh, uh, Severian gets into describing he's calling them rituals. It gets very, very Catholic. Like there's a lot of talk about like hierarchy and like orders yeah. of miracles and things like that. Um, which again, just to be clear, there's no lead into this. The previous chapter ends with the thing I said before about Vodal is talking about how no one knows about the autark is the body of one in a thousand, uh, or a thousand and one or whatever. Uh, uh, then the next chapter begins today, this being the last before I'm to leave the house. Absolute. I participated in a solemn religious ceremony. (laughs) Severian, come on, man. Yeah, it's great. Uh Uh, and just, we, we can, put these pieces together here at least a little bit, right? We know that uh, there's this question about returning to space and here's Severian doing what is, as he describes it, uh, is basically like some sort of like uh, movement and anti-gravity training, Uh right? Uh, And specifically what this entails is, I think, doing some sort of prayer while uh, various skulls orbit you mm-hmm. and you listen to the little bits of the remaining atmosphere or like the atmosphere in the anti-gravity chamber, like whistling through the holes yeah. in the skulls. Uh, people uh, outside the show in the discord have mentioned like some surprise or have questioned like, hmm, is Book of the New Sun some sort of influence on uh, the Locked Tomb series? And I've, in fact, had some people who were a little surprised at, at seeing these two things brought together into conversation. Uh, at the time, I gave them one word that's to me, very palpably demonstrates some influence here. It's the word Lictor, mm. uh, which is here and also uh, very critical in that series, but also here, this thing, like floating in zero gravity with skulls spinning around you and they sing. That mm-hmm. kicks ass. I love that. I love the line. How foolish we are to see in those hollow eyes and marble colotes only death. How many friends are among them? You're right, man. Skulls. Skulls are our friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love a skull friend. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, they're on the march. They do that stuff. We get a bunch of, you know, more... Asian conversation stuff. We get this very cool thing that we, that's already been set up for us before, right? We know that Erebus and Abaya and the stuff in the ocean that they communicate and control via um, telepathy. Yeah, you okay. know, we, we've already got that. But the mechanism here is very cool, which is like this triumvirate of of um, Asian women, right? Who mm-hmm. are like hang out there and they like go silent and they hear wah, 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 you get beamed into their head or whatever. Then they repeat the messages from Erebus and Abaya, but it comes through their language, uh, you know, of the order of 17 or whatever, uh, the approved phrases. And so the uh, translation there is very funny. And then Vodalus has to translate out of that too. Um, and yeah, basically it's like, Hey, are you or either of these people, the autark and the, uh, and Severian says no. And then the, 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 the telepathy confirms it. Which means that Erebus and Abaya also don't know who the Autark uh-huh. is. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, um, basically, the uh, they're like, murder these people, you know? And Vodalus says, well, uh, they're my buddies, you know? They've served <laughs> me well. At least this one, you know, the, the one on the ground who's in a coma has. And uh, they're like, nah, 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 man. And then he shrugs and walks off. Um, then that's when Severian does all the brain eating. I have a question. Please. Mm-hmm. It's about recognizing the Altark. Yeah. In the flyer, after it's crashed, the Altark mm-hmm. says, 
uh, I called Voterless. So Voterless yep. is going to come rescue us before the Asians get to us. And like that way he yep. can blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And, yep. and he goes, uh, I told him the Altarch is trapped in this flyer and I've given him our location. He has served me as my bodyguard before this. Does mm-hmm. he mean before I was this Altarch? O- or else, why can't Voterless recognize that he's the yeah. Altarch? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And because he doesn't recognize either of them and he um he explicitly says when 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 uh after he has the conversation with Severian, Vodalus explicitly says, Ah, oh, so the Autark must have escaped. So he thinks right. there was a third person. He thinks there's a third yeah. person. That's what yeah. I yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I'm yeah. asking. Like, like, how he, thinks, Vodalus- he thinks there's a kitchen steward running around the jungle. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Basically, yes. Um so yes, I think so. I think that's a little bit of a because that's still part of the like hint, hint, nudge, nudge of the Legion stuff. Right, right. Um, so sure, I think so. Sure. Yeah. And it also gives a, a little bit of a hint too of like when Severian does this, this is going to change the way that he interacts with people. So mm-hmm. I think that's what that is meant to assert. Um, so Severian does some, you know, they, they continue. No, no. After this, Aegea just comes in and gets him and kills Votalist. Y'all want to talk about the Aegea rescue? Aegea and the green man? <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's uh, it's yeah, the graphic. The, the, okay, now I understand why last time you were like, "Hey, isn't it weird that the Green Man can just do whatever? <laughs> <laughs> like, he just I show up whenever, whenever." How, how do you think that worked? You asked me, and I said, "I, I don't know." He kind of just got trapped. He got chained up. Yeah, and now yeah. he basically just says that again. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I got chained up, but now I'm free, and I believe in paying my dues." And you know what? You know what, Severian. We're not even even yet. I still owe you one. Because this wasn't really I, a big deal to me. I freed you when you were already being freed. Right. And all of mm-hmm. my time travel abilities. Yeah. I love the green man. Mm-hmm. Tell that's me why. The, that's the why new uh, t-shirt. The green man? I love the green man. I just think it's a cool idea. I like the idea that he's like this dude from a fully coherent future in which like the good thing happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do like uh, that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because partly what I like is like... Um, if you read this politically, it's like if you have a good thing, you you it is on you to defend that good thing. Yeah. And like to make yeah. sure that like, you know, listen, we worked hard to get the green world. And if that means going back in time to make sure the green world happens, it's probably worth doing that. <laughs> yeah. Now, who's to and judge what a good thing is that's worth defending and how you defend it? Well, this is where it gets actually a little complicated, but you know. Well, but also the green man, he's like putting himself out, right? Because Mm -hmm. like, it's hard for him to live here. He's going to starve to death. Yes. Right. Yes. And, and he has made a decision to pay it, you know, pay it back. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that there's a duty there. I also like the idea. It's, it's, it's a thing that only science fiction can do, right? That like the directly theological writing cannot do, you know, the left behind series cannot have <laughs> someone go back in time from the kingdom of heaven. Right. Mm-hmm. And be like, listen here, airline pilot during the rapture. This is me like remembering everything I know about the left behind series. Right. right listen here, the antichrist is going to show up. Right. And I need to make sure you and your daughter are safe. Right. Like none of that stuff. It, it, it science fiction uniquely affords this like weird melding of science fiction and fantasy and theological elements in order to like have someone from the good future kingdom of God show back up and be like, hey, I'm yeah. fixing the past to yeah. like make sure that the good thing occurs. Mm-hmm. It's like going back in time and, you know, killing Satan, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's cool. It's a cool well, thing it's like, to do. This is how good the future could be. It could yeah. be so good that it helped make sure it, it itself happens. Yeah. We could get there. 
Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know what else yeah. I like is this worm. <laughs> yeah. No longer like than your hand that glows with white fire. I have only to fling it and it kills and crawls back to me. One by one, I slew the century so. But this green man would not permit it, would not permit me killing you, and I would not wish it. Vodalus promised me your agony spread over weeks, and I will not have less. And also, by the way, I killed him because that's where <laughs> Severian's like, oh, so you're going to bring me back to Vodalus? And she's mm-hmm. like, I don't, I don't know why I slipped into a Shaquille O'Neal impression. <laughs> are you going to bring me back to Vodalus? That's, that's him. You're taking me back to Severian's him? breaking the big man code. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. Exactly. That's, uh, that is actually funny of, of Severian as someone who's like almost at the edge of being the big man, right? He's yeah. an almost exultant. He's, he's, he really needs to police there. the big man code. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It doesn't really apply uh, to me. Um, <laughs> she's like, Vodalus is dead. Uh, with the worm at my command, do you think I would let him cheat me and live? <laughs> Damn. This yeah. evil worm. This evil, I got the evil worm. Heather um, gave me the evil worm. I'm going to use it. I like that she uses it like she's playing a like a Metal Gear Solid or like a Tenchu game. Yes. She has yes. the worm that she can throw to kill sentries one by one, but it just takes forever to come back to you. But she's a gamer, so she's not going <laughs> to not use the most efficient thing. You know, yeah. it is fascinating how much of a gamer Agia is. Like that's where every time Agia is like in this text, we are making comparisons to video. Games. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. yeah. She's she's playing for the edge cases. Yeah. Well, she's she, playing to win. You know what I mean? She read that David Serlin book. Mm-hmm. And it was like, all right, look, I can throw sand in my opponent's eyes. Yep. It's not against the rules of Street Fighter 2 to throw sand <laughs> in people's eyes. It's not against the rules. It's not. When she shows up outside of the cave after the man apes and starts shooting at him, it's like you're playing Fortnite or PUBG with somebody. And you've like waited. You just waited a second too long before you open fire and they get away. It's the same thing, basically. Yes. So they should make a battle royale game set in the world of the the new sound of the book of the new sound. Of course. (laughs) You can go to the telepathy station to get get new uh, mission briefings from Erebus and Abaya. Uh huh. Absolutely. You you can grind rep with them. Do you think we will live a long enough life? Because I think no. if we do live a long enough life, this will happen. That we'll yeah, get an adaptation of Book of the New Sun into some sort of like popular version. There will be an oh, yeah. anime. There will be a movie series. There will be an HBO miniseries, whatever it is. And I'm then, astonished that that after Wheel of Time, it didn't happen. We haven't, that we haven't heard it. Right? Yeah. We've already gotten Dune. Mm-hmm. And Dune is like notoriously unadaptable. Big quotation marks. Right, right. right. But it's all adaptable. I think we're we 10 years this. out. Yeah, I yeah. think so too. And then... Yeah. 10 years after that or five years after that or two months after that or the day it happens, we get the Fortnite Severian skin. We get Severian yeah. hitting the gritty. We get <laughs> we get Severian wielding a lightsaber or shooting a Kamehameha. Mm. Severian flossing. Yeah, Severian does the floss. <laughs> Severian hits the, the backpack kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I think so. I, I, I don't think we're that far away, which is why in the show I'm constantly making my pitch for how I would do it. Mm-hmm. You never know who's listening. Yeah. There are so yeah. many ways to do it. Yeah, but only one good way. It's the way I That's would. It's the do. way Cameron's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. all well, other you know, ways have been tried and all have failed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's me trying to segue into a thing that we skipped over. Uh, please take us there. Oh, well, it's because I think it's, uh, uh, you know, uh, jumping off of the, the green man stuff about like, mm-hmm. oh, here's like a good thing and we got to defend it. Uh, this that follows right on from what I think in your summary, Cameron, you called a bizarre political conversation. Oh, yeah. That Severian yep. and the Autark has before Severian eats the Autark's brain. Yeah, yeah, it's on yeah, 356 yeah. Yeah, if you important. want to know more about it. Yeah. So uh, 
And this is also uh, think of what I said earlier in the episode about like revolution and being able to distinguish between sort of like warranted and unwarranted revolution. Yeah. And this is why I say well, I wish that he had not eaten the brain of the altar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you want to explain what he what he what he argues here? So the autark says, you must kill me now before Earth turns to face the sun. Then I will live in you. Never die. I live by mere volition. Now I am relinquishing my life as I speak. I to love my- that, by the way, where he's like, I'm going to will myself into death. So you better do it. <laughs> you better. I'm going to be so pissed off if I will myself into death and I don't wake up in your brain. Yeah. <laughs> This is also, just to be clear, this is uh, one page after he explains that eating the cells of his forebrain will be much like when people conceive a child. This is after he goes, when you lie with a woman, you thrust your life into hers so that perhaps there will be new life. When you do as I have commanded with you or commanded you, my life and the lives of all those who live in me will be continued in you. This is the second time that this sort of like the uh, the the brain eating Alzabo or Sue Alzabo stuff like has been sexualized in this way. There's a similar mm-hmm. right in the previous reading talking about Thecla entering into Severian in, in ways that were like mm-hmm. very sexually tinged. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that's interesting and then like doubly so because of course like the Immaculate Conception is immaculate yeah. because of the absence. Sorry, the Immaculate Conception is a different thing. Whew, that was a close one. The Pope was going to come get me. Mary being <laughs> conceived without sin is the Immaculate Conception. Jesus's conception is a different thing, not the Immaculate Conception. And that happened without any sort of sexual act. Whereas mm-hmm. Mary's, there was a sexual act, but but she was nevertheless born without sin. Anyway. Wait, there's a story about Mary being conceived? Yeah, no, this is this is like too Catholic for me. I don't know anything about that. Oh, this yeah. is so important. This is so <laughs> I mean, important. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm. I, you know, like uh, everything I know about Catholicism is in this book, Vir- right? Like Mary like, wasn't is not just the Virgin Mother of God. Oh yeah, I know she's got her own thing going on. She also is herself has no original sin. Okay? Yeah, that's what makes her the perfect None vessel. At all? She yes. doesn't have it. This is what one of this is one of the things that makes the Protestants really angry, right? Yes. That accuses them of idola making uh, the oh, Virgin yeah. Mary an idol. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I know that. I know that part. I didn't know that it came from like a much more robust theological. She background. doesn't have personal sin either. She's never sinned, and she mm-hmm. doesn't have original sin. Mm-hmm. Some would say that this is more important than Jesus. <laughs> and now the, so which the Wesleyans begin to stream. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like it's 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 I love it because it's like it's similar to the uh, what was it, the Borges story about Judas. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like if you start really going down these paths, you can start arguing all sorts of things outside mm-hmm. of the orthodoxy or even outside of the broad accepted space of of Christian of like uh, right. ecclesiastical Christianity. You know, you can really mm-hmm. argue some stuff just with the text. You don't have to get far out. That's why they got to have all these councils and whatnot is to like, mm-hmm. no, there's one way we read the book. God damn it. And that's it. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Yeah. yeah so you want to, we'll let you read about one more sentence and then we're going to interrupt. Yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think that's how the show goes. Yeah. Uh, Severian uh, says, uh, you know, narrates to my utter surprise, my eyes were streaming with tears. I've hated you since I was a boy, seer. I've done you no harm, but I would have harmed you if I could. And now I'm sorry. His voice had faded until it was softer than the chirping of a cricket. You were right to hate me, Severian. I stand as you will stand for so much that is wrong. Why? I asked why I was on my knees beside him. 
because all else is worse. Until the new sun comes, we have but a choice of evils. All have been tried and all have failed. Goods in common, the rule of the people, everything. You wish for progress? The Asians have it. They are deafened by it, crazed by the death of nature till they are ready to accept Erebus and the rest as gods. We told humankind, or we hold humankind stationary in barbarism. The Autark protects the people from the exultants and the exultants shelter them from the autark. The religious comfort them. We have closed the roads to paralyze the social order. His eyes fell shut. I put my hand upon his chest to feel the faint stirring of his heart until the new sun. Hmm. So- sorry, I, I muted myself because I had to go find the uh, the music that plays while solid or while, while Naked Snake talks to the boss at the end of Metal Gear Solid 3. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to do the ones where uh, 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 where Snake talks to Big Boss at the end of Metal Gear Solid 4. Four, right. I also have Snake <laughs> vs. Liquid Ocelot uh, pulled yeah. up just in case that was the right one. Very important. It's any of these. Right. So this is all the Churchill thing, right? Yes. Democracy is the worst form of government except for all the other except ones. Except for all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <sighs> it sucks. The autocracy is the worst form of government except for all the other uh-huh. ones. And also it's the only one that's going to generate the new sun. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the part of it that that I think is like the most boring thing in this entire book. Oh, hell yeah, it is. It's so it's so defeatist and so limited in a book that's just like so constantly dreaming up other worlds and other ways to be. The idea that like, well, fundamentally – we got the best one and we just got to keep rolling the dice until we get there with this one is Mm -hmm. it's somewhere between cowardly and lazy. Well, I like the internal mechanism. Let me defend it for like two seconds. I mean, I like that the Altark said, you know, Gene isn't saying this, but also it is the most look into the camera moment we've had in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's what I like about it, because I, I land in the same place you, you do. I think it's very boring. I think it is exactly like looking into the camera. Hey, did you see those hordes out there? <laughs> lucky, lucky we're not them. Yep. So like I, I end in the same place. What I do like about it is the kind of quality of it where he's like, listen, we have per- we have reproduced like medievalism on purpose. Because if we move any further right. in, like, you know, the annals of history or historical societal formation, then it's like a bridge too far. And, like, we'll never be able to get back. And that's – that's I find that interesting, like, science fiction fantasy-wise. I also find that interesting theologically because that's Wolf essentially arguing – and, I again, I do think this is a look into the camera – that, like, medieval Christianity and medieval theology is the closest that we get to actually ascertaining – the theological reality that we live in, if mm-hmm. if you accept Catholicism is true, right? Sure, that yeah. like once we tripped over into the Enlightenment, we really like put ourselves on the wrong path, and and also Protestantism, right? Those yeah, things are happening yeah. simultaneously. Once we did that, we like tripped a breaker somewhere where we can't recover the thing that actually made the saving power of uh, Catholicism effective, yeah. or you know, produce the kingdom of heaven. That's a fascinating thing to think about, right? Like if you're Gene Wolfe writing in the mid 1980s uh-huh. and being like 1575, that's all we had. Well, like, you know, we are. It is so good that that I guess I was gonna say that Gene died before 
we got to like mold bug, but that's actually not true. Gene was around for oh, he is the influential on these guys, shit, right? Like it has to be, right? He he, like Gene Wolf. I I think I mentioned this way back when. Like, uh, like I was in like libertarian science fiction communities, yeah, uh, yeah. in in like like late middle school, high school, and everything, and that's how I went to Gene Wolf. And those are the spaces that tipped neo reactionary, like right, years after I left, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all here. This is their yes. argument. Yes, fundamentally. Ab- absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's all return I mean, shit. Right? I mean, it's actually, it's actually it's sadder because it's this is their argument, except I don't know that many of them are waiting for God. They just see themselves as kings. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why that, what is it called? Neo-monarchism, neo-monarchism or whatever, yeah, yeah, new yeah. monarchism, whatever their thing is there of, of, of explicitly doing this maneuver, right? Yeah. Which is like returning to an autocracy in mm-hmm. order to produce a political condition under which someone can thrive and someone can be a dirt farmer. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is uh, the thing here is like, I actually really like the autark saying it. I think it's mm-hmm. the thing that I think is the myth is then, and the autark seems like he was right. Uh, this is, this is the the way forward that Severian, this is meeting the devil in the desert. This is the same thing as Typhon to me. Mm-hmm. And for Gene to miss that is a bummer. This should have ended with Severian breaking his neck and not eating his brain. <laughs> well, he's not missing it. The dude's name is Legion, right? Like right. No, he's but, setting well, it up. I, I guess it's it, we even finished these inverting. books. But I am not right. <laughs> it's called the Book of the New Sun. Right. And of like course. this was the pathway. Wherever we go from right. here, unless the unless the next book begins with like, I really shouldn't have eaten all the, that brain, because it's making this <laughs> way harder. And now this is a... This is now uh, an obstacle for me, in which case I'm back on board and I'm interested again. But like, this is the path to it. Uh, And in fact, it doesn't even matter if that happened because because if this is the this is the path that brought us there in the end Mm -hmm. was this. It didn't come out of uh, uh, the rule of people or goods in common. It came out of the autarxy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And like you are then formally suggesting something about how to prepare for the trial. That awaits us if you know until the new sun. That could bring. Well, I think also the the granularity there, right? Is like if Gene Wolfe doesn't miss the the you know the trick here, right? To to pull on a a kingism, right? If he doesn't miss the trick, then like what does that mean? And we're gonna have a final reading that's gonna produce some of that. But uh, I mean, I think uh, I can't say more about it. Don't say more about it. But what I will say is is the supercomputer to this. yeah. The supercomputer that produces itself as Mount Rubius didn't show up and go, oh, buddy, you really ate his brain, huh? Okay, well, we can still do it, but it's going to be tough. You know what I mean? Yep. It showed yeah. up and said, you are ready. Let's get you ready. Yep. And maybe the computer computer is wrong, too. But I think there was an opportunity here for something, like, really interesting. And I don't think it has to, like, I, I'm not saying, like, and this is my communism coming out. It needed to be. It needed to be that then he joined the Asians and like freed them from <laughs> Erebus and Abaya and re, you know renewed the human spirit and da 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 da. I just think like there are lots of other directions a writer mm-hmm. could take it. Then there are multiple options, and I'm taking the autarxy as the one. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as as we you know as as Michael and I have said many times on many shows, right? Uh, it's a work of fiction. You can yep. choose to do anything. And you do whatever you to do want. This. Yep. Yeah. Right. Gene is strong. Gene could beat up Severian. That's right. Definitively. And here, (laughs) hey, let me go one level deeper. Gene is dead and could still beat up Severian. Oh, boy. (laughs) Because he's more real. That's Vivamancy. Yeah. So, yeah. That's right. That's Vivamancy. I'm going to start saying that all the time. 
Michael, you were going to say something. Oh, I was just saying, but as Gene might say, he would only be able to beat up Severian if it was something that God ultimately willed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because that's, that's right. the whole thing here is that yeah. uh, basically any human effort is compromised by original sin. We cannot create a perfect form of government on Earth like of our own power. Yeah. Yeah. We have to turn around and look at God. We have to look at the eternal and be like, hey, are you going to help me out here? Uh, and yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just yeah. that's the theological backing. Yeah. Yes, that, that is a hundred percent like the the theological framework, and you, I, you know, you can't maneuver out of it. That that no, is the thing. That is where is we're like, going with it, right? right. Yes, a hundred percent. I think I am more. The thing that I think I'm more interested in is, I, I, and this is me being like, this is what my politics are in some way, obviously. But it's like I would have loved a version of this book that got to behind our efforts, uh, you know, our efforts. Let there be our efforts, and then behind those, let there be the divine or something, you know, like if you have to go in that direction, there are other, mm. there are other ways to get Catholic to that. Like communism. I see uh, yeah. where you're uh-huh. getting. Yeah. I see where you're yes. going. Now I'm going to run as a third party candidate. <laughs> and be a spoiler. Uh, Michael, Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. He's yeah. running. I'm running. I'm <laughs> He's running. Oh, uh, we, we skipped a very obvious Jesus thing here, by the way. Which is okay. which is the bit before Votalis is Jesus before Pilate, right? Right. Like very clearly, this sort of like, you know, uh, now you say that you're Severian the torturer and no one else, and it's with great embarrassment that I resist her demands. You know, uh, are, mm-hmm. are you are you the? Tell me, are you the Altarch? Uh, he doesn't quite say that's if you know that's what they say I am, but like mm-hmm. it's very close to that style of. Uh, here is the functionary for power uh, who f- who feels pressured from above and below to do something with Severian. And Severian is, is you know, they're kind of trying to, like, deny the knowledge that he has, but also never tell a real lie. You know, um, there is there's a lot of that happening in that in that exchange. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Cool. Keep on moving. He eats the brain. <laughs> And he gets rescued by the green man and by Agia. Mm-hmm. And the yep. green man says, I'll see you in a little bit, buddy. And then he starts <laughs> running away. Can we read this bit? The bit where he yeah, runs away? You should read it. You should read it because, you know, that's something that we paused on in when the uh, hero duel ship, yes. you know, went went up. And it's, it's, it's something we paused on and pointed out. And we paused on it and pointed it out because of this. Yeah. Because, like, that actually mattered. Yeah. But yeah, please read. It. Uh, so this is, you know, they're going back and forth and um, uh, and, you know, talking about, you know, hey, you know, we we, you know, uh, uh, we're in the future. We still don't we don't kill to eat. You know, we live on chlorophyll or whatever. Um, I've been running through the corridors of time looking for you. I was trying to find a moment where you were in prison so that I could free you the way you freed me. Uh, and blah, blah. And he's like, and Severian is like, uh, you cannot imagine how strange I feel knowing that someone's looking through my future trying to save me. Um, <laughs> and eventually he says, you know, hey, listen, man, mm-hmm. there are other people running through time. Uh, I'm going to send you some people. We're not, we're not all evened up. Uh, and then, and then he's, he see, let's go of Severian. He lets go of my arm. And steps in that direction I had never seen until I watched the ship vanish into it from the top of Baldander's castle and could only see, it seemed, uh, when there was something there. Immediately he turned and began to run, and despite the dimness of the dawn sky, I could see his running figure for a long time, illuminated by intermittent but regular flashes. 
At last, he faded to a point of darkness. But then, just when I expected that point to disappear utterly, it began to grow so that I had the impression of something huge rushing toward me down that strangely angled tunnel. It was not the ship that I had seen, but another and much smaller one. Still, it was so large that when it moved at last entirely into our field of consciousness, its gunwales touched several of the thick trunks at once, the hole dilated, and at a pont, much shorter than the, than the steps that had descended from the Altarx flyer, slid out to touch the ground. Down it came, Master Malrubius and my dog, Triscale. I don't care for any of that. One. I think in terms of textual description, this really does rule. I love this, uh, the way that uh, reality doesn't seem to work, <laughs> no, right? When, when people are running into time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And then number two, I am delighted by how easily I can picture this as like early digital, like video editing technology <laughs> oh, where we've shit. just like cut out the green man and then we're just like <laughs> shrinking that. <laughs> as we we like pasted it over like a shot of the sunset. Yep. It is exactly like that to me, Michael. It is it yeah. is like chintzy, bad, you know, early video, early digital effect, not CG. Just right. I'm shrinking this compositionally in the edit. You know, I'm making it a smaller <laughs> and smaller inset as it as the sun sets, and then I'm doing the opposite with a, a still of a spaceship, <laughs> making it get bigger and closer quickly, and it's going. And then, and then the little ladder opens up, and down comes Malrubius and Triscale. It's good. Yep. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. And then this is when we get like the discussion that we already mentioned, where Malrubius is like, "Yeah, I may be a Deus Ex Machina, but isn't that kind of better than not having a Deus Ex Machina at all?" I said, "You got me out loud." <laughs> I'm not sure he's got me, but I get it. No, we'll he, see if he, he does not me. have me even remotely. Okay. Does he have okay. me? But, but uh, I will accept it because I like Master Malrubius, mm-hmm. ultimately. I think he's a neat guy. But yeah, we get what we talked about earlier, right? They're, they are projections from a computer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're they bringing Sumerian somewhere, which has a name that was like, okay, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. They're bringing ocean. him to Ocean, capital O. Mm-hmm. Not to the sea, but to the ocean. Not to the ocean, but to Ocean. This is actually a reference to the Barbie movie. Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Where mm-hmm. Ken's job is beach. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Severian's job is beach, actually. Yeah. <laughs> what we find out in this reading is that when Severian went into that desert world in the botanical gardens, he wanted for his life to be all beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Infinite yeah. beach. Yeah. He had a genetic predisposition to beach. <laughs> no, we do not take you to the paramours of a Barbie. Those who spared and suffered <laughs> you because you'd been a torturer and would be all Um, But, uh, I there is a transformation that happens here within Severian that is narratively convenient. It is not a Deus Ex Machina. It is a characterization transformation. Yeah. Um, that is the thing that is more galling to me, actually. And when I've talked about how this book is disappointing to me, this is why. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you know they have this long conversation. They talk about uh, most of the conversation really is just like Malrubius trying to explain what the hell Malrubius is. Yeah, yeah. that's most of it. Being like, well, we're real, and we're not hero duels, even though it's like a convenient word for you because the hero hero duels are. You know, he doesn't say this, but he's like they're aliens. I serve a similar power 
but that power is like a computer. <laughs> and the hero duels like think they know what's up with that, but like I'm the projection from the computer. Yeah. So I've got kind of like a higher line on God here. So there's all this stuff happening. But what happens immediately after it, and you know, we, we can have more discussion about that if, if y'all have more to say, but what happens immediately afterward is that Severian has like a profound Christian religious transformation. Yep. Uh, which is just like, oh my God, everything that is in existence was made by the pan creator. And so everything is holy. Uh-huh. The claw is not a claw. It's a thorn. Yeah. This thorn is holy. It's poking me because the pan creator willed it. Oh my God. Every grain of sand was put here by the pan creator. I got to throw my boots away, which I, it always falls apart here. Right. Cause it's like, yeah, if the sand is holy and you can't step on it, then the boots are also holy and it's okay. Keep your boots. Right, every part of it. But right, it just it yeah. is such a specific form of religious transformation that is so tied to our real world yeah. and so dislocated from the world that Severian has lived in so far. I think this is very similar to the last time it happened, though, which was in Thrax when he's leaving Thrax. And it's just like, oh, he snaps his fingers and now he's like, I have to go heal that little girl. I got to go. I got to be a dad. I guess so, but those are acts, right? Like, like he is. A, that's a transformation in acts that is also set up by Dorcas being like, "You don't have to be this person for a long time." She says that over and over again, and he, and he finally yeah, runs yeah. into a wall where he has to be the person that he, he has to obey or not, and he chooses to disobey. Right? right? Like, sure. that's, that's an actual moment that's based on decision and act. This is like an immaterial transformation. Although I guess he I, I did guess. just like walk the corridors of time. He walked so like the corridors maybe. of time. He was almost killed. He's, I yeah. mean, we're about to hear him be described as being like, it's to look at him is scary because of how yeah. he has been yeah. flayed and scarred by his, yeah. his time at war. He went through war and then yeah, he, right. and then he you're drank right. Right. a thousand people into his yeah. brain. Right. Yeah. Um, I think there's maybe some but of all why that, would that stuff. Make you more Catholic, I guess. Right. Like, I because guess that's Catholic where I wrote the book. It. <laughs> I know that. I know the real reality, right? I'm thinking, like, in terms of the character, I can see the connection in the earlier ones so much more linearly yeah. than here. Yeah. But you're right. It is, like, you know, coming up from the bottom. Yeah. Um, and then being, like, impounded by, like, you know, uh, one million hours of linear belief in the thing that you're in. Right. right? Well, like, this is, like, thing, so. Jesus yeah. gets gets whipped 40 times and, like, Severian goes to war instead. Right. And there is the clarity that comes after that, except that in the Bible, what happens is, you know, the Christian Bible, Jesus gets killed, gets crucified. And in this book, uh, Severian becomes David Carradine from Kung Fu. And just start wandering <laughs> yes. the world. He, he starts reciting. He becomes David Carradine from Kung Fu and starts reciting uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins poetry. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's right. I think that is it. I think it's the, you know, uh, I, I'm glad that you put it that way because that is maybe the thing that rankles me here is that it it does another genre switch mm-hmm. and it is a genre switch that is Kung Fu. Yeah. And it is not really a theological or even, or you know, know. except just some, some fantasy bullshit, right? Like, some Kung Fu stories are theological. You know what I mean? Like you get broken on the mountain but and not come the, down. The format isn't, right? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it, uh, here's the thing. It, Kung Fu is the really charitable way. It also turns into gun smoke, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, and like that isn't, you know, the wonder of human life against like the difficulty of existence and like whatever. That's some poor shit, right? Like, <laughs> give me the Asians again. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, bring, bring them back. Uh, 
Bring back a guy on top of another guy. Yeah. I'll take that every day. I mean, it's also, we're also back to, especially once he gets to this boat, we're back to the Greek myth. You know, we're back to, we're yeah. back to the Odyssey. We're back, or yeah. we're back to the Argonauts. We're back to, mm-hmm. you know. They're going to give, uh, they're going to give uh, Severian an oar. Yeah. And have, him, have well, him start walking north. He, he, you're right. That, that version. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant like give him an oar and say, start start rowing because he offers and they say no dude look at you no you're good dude we think you're uh that whether like they don't uh, it's not anchorite uh, michael do you remember the word they use for him it's an adept or something isn't adept. it yeah so this adept. is what i'm saying he's a yeah. kung fu guy now yeah, yeah he is and they're like i don't know this dude looks all you know he's like beat the hell up yeah and and he's got no shoes he's he's got his own thing and he does him. a six scimitar kata yes <laughs> 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 He refuses to wear it on his belt. Anyway, well, <laughs> unless y'all have more to say about, I mean, there is less to say about Malrubius and Triskel here. I think after our next reading, we will have more to okay. say in retrospect about Malrubius and Triskel. Because here it's mostly just didactic. It is, know? yeah. And it's, 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 you know, they talk through the thing of like, hey, do you believe in the new sun? Do you believe the new sun is coming? What's yeah. the, the, there's the thing of like, what's, does humanity need more justice or peace? Or you know, yeah. or or a new sun, and there's this great line that I think is is interesting. Um, uh, that is, this is Gene cooking as a writer, where he says, um, uh, you know, when a, when a client is driven to the utmost extremity, it is warmth and food and ease from pain he wants. Peace and justice come afterwards. Rain symbolizes mercy and sunlight charity, but rain and sunlight are better than mercy and charity. Otherwise, they would degrade the things they symbolize, which is to say, if you said that, like, oh, it's a it's a, you know, uh, rain is a is a because you you evoke rain uh, uh, to symbolize mercy. Rain must be better than mercy because you're saying mercy is like a nice, cool rain. And if if a nice, cool rain was worse than mercy, then you wouldn't make that comparison. You're comparing mm-hmm. superlatively upwards towards rain because rain is a more fundamental thing. Is is the argument that Malruby or that I guess uh, Severian is making in this in this bit of conversation? I think that that's fun. I don't know that it's right, but I think it's a fun way to start thinking about analogies. You know? Yeah. In the beginning, uh, there was this. Um, what do you call it? Uh, word. Oh, there's a. Oh, right. Sure. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Seemed pretty important. Uh huh. Um, but, but then yeah, yeah, he so, gets off the he gets off the ship, or he gets he gets dropped off at the at the beach, and he's having. Oh like, no, I want to. Oh, you're still yeah. Here. Gets off the beach, gets on the ship, gets on the ship, goes north. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The thing I thought you were jumping to the next thing, um, but and I really love the moment where he's like, I've heard that the city like really stretches south. I love this ship captain, by the way, right? Like a <laughs> like a an anti Samen Haverian kind of guy. He's like cool and legit. He's twiddling his mustache all the time. Very good. Yeah, I love but, this. But guy. they're going. And Severian's like, hey, uh, I've heard that the ruins like really extend far south, but you know, what when are we gonna see those? And the captain's like, You're in it, buddy. <laughs> and then Severian's like, oh my god. And you know, it changes his whole perspective, right? Where yeah. he's like, he starts seeing all the stuff. Um Me, you know. I can see God in everything. Okay, but can you see everything? Because it doesn't seem <laughs> like you can see anything. Yeah. Can you see like a brick wall over there? <laughs> oh shit. Can you see a literal whole ass house over there? <laughs> Can you see something as big as a barn? Um, <laughs> no. But he, but he puts ashore. He sees a little craft. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sees a little craft at a little dock. You know, once the uh, once the ruins became a little bit more apparent, sees a little craft, a little dock, and he spies with his little eye 
his mm-hmm. pancreator looking little eye. Mm-hmm. A poppy, a wilted poppy. And he goes, okay, let me off, boss. <laughs> Jumps right off and uh, he walks into the ruins and spies with his pancreator little eye once uh-huh. again through a window. Dorcas kneeling in front of the guy, the de- the old man yeah. from the botanical gardens who was looking for his wife all those many pages ago. Yeah. And he looks at him a little bit and then he leaves. What what do you what do you think? This is a thing that can hit or cannot hit. And I don't think there's any level in the middle. I'm in the middle. You're there, it's impossible. <laughs> what do you I don't, mean? I don't well, think it's possible. Remember, immediately when this when she showed up, I was like, oh, that's the old guy's uh, wife. Of course. And so I was like, okay. Yeah, okay, cool. I guess he found I guess she found him. That's kind of fun. You were willing to like just all the convenient. Like I guess you're taking the Deus Ex mocking the thing, like anything's fair game. Now. No, I this is where it was always going with her. Because yeah, he shows up and is like, oh, I'm looking for my wife. And then the wife shows up. And yeah. then, of course, it's going to resolve. Okay. It's weird, but it's not, it's not more weird than story? anything else. Well, again, I think part of it, the reason I'm not like bummed about it or whatever is like, but really, it's like she was kneeling with her back to me. And I was like, oh, my God, am I about to get the, the <laughs> am I going to have to go apologize to Cameron because Thecla is going to take over uh, Severian's body and kill her? Oh, that would have been I would have been more into that. Yeah, I know you would have. That's why I would have apologized to you because you would have been right. But it didn't happen. So I'm right. Because if Thecla was the cruel Wait, hold on. I got to do the math here. Do I have to apologize? You have to apologize to me now. I have to apologize to you Because if Thecla was the cruel killer that you were painting her as, this is the moment. She takes over. Yeah, but maybe she got religious too. Maybe she's the one who sees the pancreator everywhere. She's the one who did the, with the claw, did the shamrock thing, but with the claw. That's just. Boom. Yeah. Boom. They're all four-leaf clovers. They're all four-leaf clovers. Three. They're three-leaf clovers. That's Thecla. She's religious now. <laughs> Thecla loves God. What don't you understand? I mean, this is the thing that I need the book to start talking about, by the way. Because Thecla is the one who had the brown book, or who wanted the brown book. And Thecla is yeah. the one who's like, I'm going to invent a religion after all of this. And it's going to be one where, like devils or gods or whatever she said but there's no mm-hmm. devils that's what she says right she's like i'm gonna invent a religion where there's no religion in it except that there's a little religion in it and severian's like but wait mm-hmm. a second you said that there wouldn't be any religion in it and she's like that's what makes it that's what makes people like it is that mm-hmm. it's materialism with <laughs> a little touch a little touch of the angels and i want them to write back around to what thecla thinks about all this god stuff well, we do get a little bit of her perspective when they're being carried by the gargoyle thing, pterodactyl thing, where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, this is the thing I fantasized about using to destroy my enemies. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I, this is the exact thing I thought about using to kill people with. Point Cameron. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah give me, give Which me is one. fun. Yeah. I like that. Uh-huh. I, you know, I wasn't, yeah. Anyway, so you you don't like this. You don't like that Dorcas is back and is with the I, old man. No, whose I name don't. I don't I mean, even I like remember. that conceptually. I, I, it would be perfectly fine for this to be a single sentence of a Severian's weird summative work that he gives us in many different places, right? Where he's like, mm-hmm. and, Dor- and as for Dorcas, she found that old man. Right. <laughs> I think physically being there and physically right. witnessing sure. is sure. so strange. It's odd, I, right? Like yeah. he, yeah. he, he happens to wander in. Uh, just yes. as she has come in to like kneel down by this funeral uh, beer, right? That he, mm-hmm. that the uh, old man is laid out on. Uh, and then nothing really happens with it, which is what's also weird, right? He just kind of right, looks yeah. at her 
and then walks off. This is the most I'm giving you closure as a reader right, thing that right. we could have. Yeah. Because I just, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not like, I'm not upset by the thing. And I, and certainly it's not a question for me of like, um, you, you know, like this shouldn't be in the book, right? Right. I, just the book takes such care at so many places to derive like bigger meaning from its symbols and its ideas mm, and mm-hmm. and the way that Severian and Thecla interact with them. And like, this is so laden. And maybe this is like another enthemy moment, right? Where like, the books told us how to feel about a lot of stuff and symbols matter and our symbols make us. And so what do we do with Dorcas? But And the answer is leave her behind. Right. And that's what I think is is boring about this. Right. I mean, that's the most charitable way of putting it. The, the other way, the way of being deeply uncharitable is like this is another Thea moment, which is mm-hmm. that this is a character who could have as a woman a lot of um, granular difference about the way they understand the world and the way that they have approached the questions of closure that are here at the end of the book. Severian gets to unite time and space Mm -hmm. in his body, right? Mm -hmm. Dorcas gets to go back to the time before any of that and to not be able to voice any of those things. Someone who was the voice of conscience through so so many Mm -hmm. of these books. I just, it's so, you know, I think, Michael, the, you know, the weird that you pointed out here is, is, is apt. I just don't. Well, it's just like, I guess. Better not to do it, you know, for me. It's like uh, Dorcas is just left in mourning forever. Mm-hmm. Yes, this right. is our final image of her, right? Yeah, we're, yeah, she we're will not mourn until that. she's until she's dead, or she will. I don't know, right? Like there is there is the version of this I wish we'd gotten is the Dickens version where they meet twenty years later, and it's like, yeah, would you would you believe mm-hmm. I found my old husband and I buried him, and we get the image that way, and now she's yeah. living a life. She's reopened a shop. She's done something else. You know what I mean? She's living mm-hmm. in the world. I think is more interesting. Then, you know, we get a we get a vision where it's like Severian begins doing what the previous Altark did and like taking on other identities. And one day he wanders into a textile shop and there's Dorcas. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. we've already been be, given a mechanism, right? It sure. doesn't even require that sure. kind of thing where he's like, you know, think back to talking about the um, the prisoners in in the House Absolute. And he's like, I've ordered the, them to be free. Hey, by the yeah, way, I ordered yeah, yeah, them to yeah. be freed. And like, she's waiting on me right now and that kind of stuff. Yeah, you could, I would, but the, that's not what I want. I want the melodrama right, that is the heart right. of what their relationship was before. That's the thing is right. that we are, re, we're, we are reapproaching this genre or this character in a different genre space that Gene can't find space for her in, right? Mm-hmm. And so yeah. he's like, let me excise this. Let me get rid of this. Uh, yeah. uh, which is actually a shame because like, the religious texts are filled with there is a special person who is powerful and then is surrounded by other people who have to kind of like either help them on that or like deal with the difficulty of being adjacent to that power or have some confrontation about it. That is like all through religious texts across the world and is often really compelling, interesting stuff. Uh, And so like to have Dorcas not get to have that final confrontation is – it feels like um, it feel, <laughs> this is unfair. It feels like like Gene is a little afraid of what Dorcas might say to Severian in this moment. It it does feel that way. Do you know and what I mean? I think mean? that question of genre is right. Yes. When, when you put Severian in this genre, in this new genre mode, and then put Dorcas in there too, there is the opportunity for a theological cruelty here that yeah. seems overwhelming. Yeah. Or overwhelming. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're right. I think that's exactly, I think Gene writes himself into a corner here. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, at present, right, there is a question that I think is posed by Dorcas, like her her very sort of presence or existence, uh, which is like, 
why did I get brought back? Mm-hmm. Like, why am I here? Right. Uh, and, you know, we leave her in mourning. And what is sort of sad about that is that it seems to confirm uh, her anxiety, right? Her recurring dream that she is some sort of dead thing, right? An unclean spirit that shouldn't be mm-hmm. where she is. Uh, and this doesn't, unlike, say, Agia and Heathor and all that, this doesn't really read like Wolf um, making some sort of like allegorical moral critique. Like Dorcas is truly just like, she got pulled out of that lake and came back to life. And why? Like now she's just in this world where the uh-huh. life that she had is gone and she's just going to mourn it. Yeah. And she served her religious purpose, which was like convincing Severian he didn't have to be the person he was. And now she's yeah. just, we can move past. And that's right. the thing, right? It's like the thing that's changed here is that is a type of character who can exist in the kind of religious epic is the character who you kind of bump into who reshapes your worldview and then who falls out of the narrative because you've moved past them. But that's not who Dorcas had been in the book, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so this is why I feel like I my, my the thing that my heart is missing is the Dickensian reconnection to your childhood sweetheart 20 years later and and who are they now stuff, which to me would be fulfilling, uh, but this is not. Uh, this doesn't, but it doesn't, it doesn't not hit for me because like, again, it is the, yeah, okay, this is where we were going. We were always going here. It doesn't, it doesn't uh, feel like out of place that that's where she is narratively, but it's not what I would have wanted from the Severian Dorcas reunion, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Goes to the Madigan Tower, leaves, goes yeah. back up the thing, goes in the tower, enters the Citadel. There's a fun the little way. detail here, which is like, he thinks he's going to get screwed by this boat crew. Yeah. Right. He thinks they're going to leave him on the bin. Yeah. And it's like, even now, even after all of this, even after where he says something like, you know, he's talking about the world and he's like, all the world, everything was a relic. The whole world is a relic. You know, the sand, the, the plants, everything is, is created in the pan creator's image or whatever. Right. And then like the next seven pages later, he's like, but these sailors are going to screw me. (laughs) I don't trust people. Uh, they think he thinks that like they're gonna drop him off, and then the, the captain gives him his sword to be like, "All right." They think that he's gonna go fight some people, basically, right? Because they he sees a little boat, and like they're like, "All right, here's a sword. Good luck out there." Uh, if you, you know when you're done, you can meet us around the bend of the river. We're gonna be on the river all day, going around this kind of landmass. And if you can meet us on the, the other end of it, like the north end or whatever, then you can get back on the boat. We'll pick you up. And he's like, well, that was it. They were going to send me to fucking die, obviously. And then at the very end of this, after he sees Dorcas, he goes back to the, he gets to the shore. And not only are they there waiting for him, they're like, hey, it's our boy. Mm-hmm. Our boy is back. <laughs> you know? Uh, and they were at anchor, too. So it's not yes, like he they just were waiting them. for them. They were waiting. Yeah. yeah. Have some faith. Damn. Yeah. Sailors are cool. Sailors are cool. Also, they kind of seem, they kind of think, I get the vibe. They think, uh-oh, he might curse us or something. Yeah. You know, he's got <laughs> yeah. one of those. Yes, yes, yes. I will Back say really quick, because we moved past mm-hmm. it really quick. I hate the, I truly hate the I see God in all things moment. Um, I don't hate the moment. I hate the. I hate I like the that we're looping back around. Sorry, it. I was thinking about it again and looking at my notes no, and being okay. like, it I sucks. hate the theology yeah. here. This is Romans one eighteen again. This is God is in the trees. This is all that shit. That's like the most because because it 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 
dooms us, right? Uh, this is when he, what he says is, if the eternal principle had rested in that curved thorn I'd carried about my neck across so many leagues, and it, if it now rested in the new thorn, perhaps the same thorn, it's mm-hmm. Sumerian, it's not the same thorn. I, I had only now just put there that it might that it might rest in anything. And in fact, it probably did rest in everything, in every thorn on every bush and in every drop of water in the sea. This is a religious belief you hold as a believer because it is really compelling to see the authorship of your divine in the world, right? But what it does is doom all non-believers to somehow uh, being unable to recognize the divinity in things. And it sucks. It is miserable. And it has been like exercised in policy, not just in belief. You know what I mean? Like it, it is the ground mm-hmm. on which, you know, hating the other and policies around there being people who don't count uh, have been built around. So it's, it's, it's miserable to me. Not a fan. Anyway, yeah. we can move on. I don't think it's, uh, you know, I want to, I want you to hold on to uh Severian. That's not the claw. Okay. Well, maybe it's the claw. Okay. I want you to hold on. Because he, where does he that. find it again? He just find it. He just has it again. It's on a rose bush. Mm-hmm. But wait, but, but, hey, you remember what was on that tomb? Yeah, this it was is my the, favorite was, part of every episode. Remember what was on that tomb? It was a rose bush. Uh, yeah, some roses yeah, and a spaceship. Yeah. And a person's face. Yeah. Is it Severian's tomb? Is it? Is it Severian's? Was it already? It was already his his icon. Don't know. Hmm. Can't tell you, but I am saying roses are showing up again. Yeah, spaceships, they are. All these other things. You're not wrong. Guys with a nose. Anyway, um, goes up, goes through. I, I love that he enters. You know, enters the citadel from the same way he entered at the beginning of the book. That's fun. Uh, gate still locked, <laughs> so <laughs> got to figure that out. He doesn't enter exactly the same way because he doesn't go through the tear in the wall. But uh, more officialdom, and uh, he talks to the Castellan. I like that. I think it's Castellan, oh, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's another, it's like your home in Nessus. Some cops tried to fuck with you, and you had to talk to their boss. And the boss had to be like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you, yeah, you got to do it. You got to use his activation phrase, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yes. Which I like the setup for that, by the way, because Balrubius, you know, pages ago was like, you're not ready for the trial. You don't even know the words. So you mm-hmm. think you know the words. You don't know the words. And now yeah. he has recovered this one phrase. Yeah. That's the first one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's really important. Yeah. And probably wouldn't have had it if Malrubius hadn't mentioned it. Right. right. So there's, right. there's some stuff going on yeah. there, too. And uh, anyway, goes in there and then like pals around with his buddy Palamon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With, his, yep. with his, his other uncle. Who doesn't recognize him at first, right? Not at all. Yeah. yeah. Which is that's how different he is. Right. But I guess both because, you know, he's kind of put in garb. That's rescued from you know some storage container back when the autarchs used to be in the citadel, um, and so that's part of it. But the other part is yeah, like you you were saying, Austin, right? You know he's been through war. He is skinny. Oh. Uh, he's starving. He's been diseased like multiple times in a row, and his face has been ripped off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know there's some of that, and then they have a pleasant little conversation, and uh, <laughs> Palamon's like, oh man, you're not going to disband the torturers, are you? <laughs> It's just, it's real interesting that, like, this is the first place Palamon's mind goes. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, the only reason you'd be here is to get rid of my job. Yeah. This is, like, the one thing I can do. Please let me die before this happens. <laughs> uh, and that's kind of it. That's what we've got, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. He says, let me read the end. He says, so they have this long conversation, and we'll probably return to some of this at the very end, too. 
he tells Palamon the whole story of his life, right, up to this point. And then he says, I'd originally intended to begin, uh, you know, I was talking about the story, to, to begin it at the day I left our tower and to end it when I returned. But I soon saw that though such a construction would indeed supply the symmetry so valued by artists, it would be impossible for anyone to understand my adventures without knowing something of my adolescence. In the same way, some elements of my story would remain incomplete if I did not extend it, as I proposed to do, a few days beyond my return. Perhaps I have contrived for someone the Book of Gold. Indeed, it may be that all my wanderings have been no more than a contrivance of the librarians to recruit their numbers. But perhaps even that is too much to hope. So he's like, oh, you know, maybe I just created like a real, like a good page turn. Mm-hmm. And that's going to mm-hmm. get you loving books. Okay, that'd be great. Yeah. But the Book of Gold I've is the book stuff. that the librarians used that if the kids read it, they got kidnapped, right? It recruited. But no, yeah. no, it's pretty clear that they get kidnapped. <laughs> The parents uh, don't have a choice. That's the whole thing, isn't it? Have yeah, I misremembered you books. this? You love books. Mm. They love books. Mm-hmm. You want to be part of it. Yeah. The book of gold. Mm-hmm. You get this is what Wolf himself profession. says in, in those essays that we referred to a few episodes back, right? Yeah. That maybe He was like, maybe I contrived my book of gold. Ah, yeah, he's got a sure. book of gold. Sure, sure. But you know you're right. Yeah, they're, they're getting kidnapped, for sure. But <laughs> isn't reading a kind of kidnapping? Oh, wow. Sure. True. Yeah. That's what reading Rainbow taught me. <laughs> Love our burden being like, yeah. listen, kids. Read this book. Be be mm. transported to another world. I have a particular set of skills. Oh. <laughs> they should they should let LeVar Burton do Taken. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else gets to do their, that, right? Denzel yeah, Denzel's got doing the, the equalizer. equalizer. Yeah. 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 Where's LeVar's, you know, badass <laughs> movie turn? Even uh, you know, Bob Odenkirk did one. Bob Odenkirk oh, did yeah. one. Lavar Burton. By the way, do one. oh hey, we can talk about movies we again. We can talk about movies again. Movies are back. Woo! Back on the menu, oh, let me run boys. It. Delicious. Uh Killers of the Flower Moon. Not very good. Oppenheimer. Great. Went and saw it two times. Didn't see Barbie yet, but I'm excited to. I just haven't made the time in my life. I went and saw Oppenheimer a second time instead of that. Uh, what else I got going on here? He's got a list. Uh, the Oppo Oppo double screening. The Oppo yeah, Oppo. Yeah, I did, yeah. I, I did do it. I, I did do that. Uh, let's see. What else have I seen recently? Um, oh, let me check my letterbox and I can really like fill y'all in. The uh, but yeah, I uh, we should go watch uh, Scaven- Scavenger's Rain on Max. Uh, that show is a fucking miracle to me. It's great. How how, uh, how many episodes? It's twelve. I haven't finished it. There's like I there's a there's there's a few more left that I that just came out. It just wrapped. They're doing mm-hmm. three a week for like four weeks, which is why I think. Oh it's, god, I knew there was some release schedule. Oh yeah, yes. let me. Uh, bottoms saw bottoms. Pretty funny. Not as funny, funny as everyone says, but pretty funny. Pretty funny. Uh, okay. The new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, Mutant Mayhem, all timer, one of the best wow. movies I've ever seen. Wow, wow. we gotta watch really Ninja Turtles good. movies. You haven't seen it yet? I haven't seen. I haven't. I don't go to the movies that often. I did see Killers uh, It's at home release, my man. Okay, well, I don't watch a lot of movies at home. I'm busy preparing for podcasts. Police Story 3, Super Cop, the one with yeah, Michelle Yeoh in Michelle it. Real Yo. good. Yeah, she That's does a that good trick. one. Yeah, uh-huh. Hey, rewatch Get Out recently. How'd that hold up? Still good. Still a banger. Love yeah. that. Still good. No yeah. notes. Uh, anyway, that's that's the movie update. Yeah. But you know what they should do is make a law so that if you make a movie... Uh, it's not uh, more financially, uh, uh, you know, um, beneficial for you to just put it in a vault than release it. Yeah, because I want to watch that. I want to watch that. I want to watch that Wiley e. Coyote movie. That's not not ever going to be visible again. Yeah, yeah, me too. 
I'm going to have to master space and time. <laughs> I think that's probably the easiest way to get anything you want. Yeah. After, I'm master after I throw David Zaslav off a mountain, bearing his likeness. Allegedly. <laughs> it allegedly bears his likeness? Yeah. Everything you said. Allegedly. allegedly. I, that gets you out of all culpability. Uh-huh. Yeah. As yeah. if you say allegedly. Um, but, uh, God, what were we talking about before we were talking about movies? I don't I've know. I've totally, I've lost the plot. I'm the one who, theoretically keeping this on track. Yeah. Oh, I mean, we oh, were. Oh, you know what? I saw No Hard Feelings. Mm-hmm. No bueno. Really? Not good. Damn. Bad, in fact. Damn. I haven't watched a single movie ever. In your whole life? Ever. Yeah. That's, that's how deep my solidarity goes. <laughs> you went huh. back in time. <laughs> The uh, but so yeah, we'll be kicking into it in the, the you in know, the basically, new year, basically, right? Because we're still going to do Caves of Cut, yeah, we're still doing Caves of Cut, yeah. yeah. So we'll be back on patreon.com slash range touch, I guess, for yeah, that's December. No, wait, 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 I need to look at the release yeah, schedule. You're right, that will actually come out that that'll be December 1st. So, no, we'll have another bonus episode that comes oh, out in December, gotcha. uh, on the 29th, right after um, the holidays. And we don't know what that is, so it'll probably be a movie. You know yeah. what? We'll probably watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> based on recent group chat discussions <laughs> just a little palate cleanser yeah but i also have a list of things i wanted to watch for this so maybe we can do that uh legend i think is probably a popular one that people wanted mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you've never seen it before right i've never seen it i'd love to see it and yeah. and it's ridley scott it's very good um it, it could be ridley scott and bad but it is ridley yeah. scott and it is very good gotcha. so yeah 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 um a real good combo you excited for the ridley scott and napoleon movie? hell yeah look i'm into ridley scott's like later career nonsense <laughs> stuff i thought house of gucci was one of the better movies i haven't seen I it saw yet. that year i mean I'm everyone so, hated it i'm so hit and miss with ridley oh me too okay. like a million percent okay. but i thought house of gucci despite being universally hated yeah was masterful yeah, like I know I can't explain it myself. I just thought, you know, like he's doing some visual stuff with a drama that's just people talking in boardrooms. That's really good. My man loves an Italian villa. I'll tell you that. Sorry, I just read. I just read about Gladiator 2. Yes, <laughs> I didn't realize Denzel was going to be that baboon in it. fight. What? No, sorry. I think Ridley it, Scott. Is he is it happening? Is that is there a baboon oh, it's, fight? He's edited 90 minutes of it already. He was waiting for the SAG strike to be done. Okay, look. So Ridley Scott said this in an interview the other day. Yeah. He said, I saw footage on the internet of a baboon attacking someone. It found it so distressing that I had to put a baboon fight in Gladiator 2. Gotcha. There is a gladiator versus a bunch of baboons, a pack of baboons fight in Gladiator 2. All right. In 90 minutes of it, you're done, apparently. Like, he's edited the whole thing. He's ready to go. He's just got to finish the thing up. I don't like that so first I, one, so I bet I'm not going to like this one. I don't like the first one either, okay. but I want to know what old Ridley does with it. Yeah. I think that's one of the worst popular movies Me ever too. made. I think, it's, I think it's maybe the worst Best Picture winner in my I, lifetime. I have pointed maybe that's out not the true. fact that it is a Best Picture winner. I'm the pretty sure it was. Did it, not win? It, it was. It was a Best Picture winner. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Best Actor for Crow in that movie. Are you what? kidding me? I'm losing what? my mind. It's a nightmare. Dude. What? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. I hate that movie, but I'm curious about what, you know, I don't know if it'll be good or not, but I, I want to see, uh, you know, kind of post pro. I like post Prometheus Ridley returning to these previous franchises. He I was going to say, think. yeah, if he can do with Gladiator what Prometheus did with the Alien franchise, yeah. I think what? I'll be right. really interested. That's fair. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if it'll be good or not, but yeah. I'm interested in finding out more. Yeah. 
uh, about what old Ridley's got Ridley going on. Ridley made the only movie I've ever walked out on. No, that's not true. We finished it. We did finish it. We almost walked out on it. We almost walked out on Robin Hood, the 2020 oh, Robin Hood. That movie's bad. It's so bad. But I'm a, but also so I'm bad. a Kingdom of Heaven defender. So like, what are we gonna do? I'm me too. You know, you, you just watch Kingdom hey, of Heaven. Back banger. to movie chat. Yeah, I watched Kingdom of Heaven two weeks ago. That movie's good. I watched the director's I, cut. It's I like, like three the hours regular long. version. Okay, the director's cut is good. The director's cut's great. Yeah, I watched the director's cut first and then was like confused by people who thought it was like bad. So <laughs> anyway. Oh, I love at the end. You know, he goes back. Yeah, goes dude. back to the town. He goes right, back. sorts to plowshares. Uh huh. It's good. Uh huh. This is just going to be the next bonus episode back after cut. We're just going to talk about random shit from film. Anyway, you know what? All of this matters. Ridley shot our new Ridley Scott movie about <laughs> the. We're making a Ridley Scott movie now. Podcast. Sorry, we podcast. we, we took the analeptic and ate his forebrain. I, oh man. You know, I'm constantly pitching movies on here. Yeah. Let me do the Ridley Scott biopic. Oh my God. I'll do it any day. It's just a super cut of like wild shit he said in public. Yeah. He's getting up there, huh? Yeah, he's in his 85. 70s. 85. Mm. He was born in 87. 85. Yeah, dude. Oh my God. Before, before World War II. He was like II. 76, 77. No, he lived well, through look. World War II. He lived through the Blitz. Yeah. Well, I want that dude to make two movies a year until he dies. Yeah. And he's gonna. That's what yeah, I know. Like that's the best plan. part. He's doing it. He's yeah. doing it now. Yeah. Let him keep going. But um, so, yeah, we're going to basically get in the next episode. We will get the kind of, um, I don't know, epilogue. It's not officially an epilogue, but it has the kind of metaphysical epilogue vibe of like Severian playing out for us. Well, what does it mean to be autark and what does it mean to bring about the new sun? Um, so we're going to do that. That'll be the next episode. You know and what I'm excited for? That, the actual final appendix, because I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm so I'm like laughing at the possibility of turning the page and it being like, and here are the seeds they plant in the Commonwealth. Here's the <laughs> food they eat. Don't you want to you understand time and space now? But what you really want to know is what are the candles made of? <laughs> uh, you are so much closer than you would ever. Yes, yeah, I can't fucking wait. Um, but, uh, anyway, so we're doing that and then we're going to do one single episode. On I hope Earth the end of this book is Gene going, bye-bye. That's what I hope the final <laughs> words are. I don't know who this Gene got like a little like, boardwalk caricature of yeah. him, like yeah. little, in a little plane. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, he would, he would be like in a 1950s, like roadster, like a drag oh, race, you're right. you know, you where like the, the, you know, the stacks coming up top because yeah. he's, kind of, he's a cool guy. But yeah, oh. so we're doing uh, one next episode on, um, uh, Citadel and the Artark, and then we'll have Earth of the New Sun as a single episode. And of course, other bonus episodes that are strung around that, you can go to patreon.com slash ranged touch in order to access those. Our um, episode on the Monster Manual has been a big hit. People really oh, love it. It's a that. banger. So, People should, if you haven't, it's a good, the Ranged Touch Patreon is filled with value, personally speaking, as a listener. But I think we've, I've, I've finally contributed to that value with this particular episode. The dragon, the, the dragon, the Dungeons and Dragons mm-hmm. Monster Manual episode mm-hmm. is that good. It, it it's, it's up good. there with the other greats of the bonusodes. So I listened to like a good forty five minutes of it in the wow. middle of the other day. Just just you know because I was like yeah. clicking through, making sure the file was good, all that kind of stuff, yeah. and I just started listening to it. It's it was fun. a funny episode. Yeah. 
Uh, and also, there's some wild shit in there. Yeah. Um, and you'll get to find out what the best letter is. We rank all the letters at the end. We do. Um, the uh, So, yeah, so we're going to be doing that. We don't know what the next book is yet. We haven't made a decision. More than likely, I think we had a discussion. We're going to cull a list of about four different things we're interested in, and then we will maybe kick that on to the Patreon as a poll. So we'll let the Patreon the patrons will maybe decide. Now wait yeah, a second here. Decide. I heard yeah. that that we we already tested and tried out uh, living by by the votes of of the people, and it didn't work out. <laughs> I thought the autarchy oh, was the only right. way forward. The autark did say that. Yeah, I might have to revisit that idea. Yeah. But uh, but if you have suggestions for the thing that you want us to check out, let us know. You know, tweet us at Range Touch. We're on Blue Sky now at Range Touch. We're yeah. on Cohost. Uh, cohost.org slash ranged touch. Uh, and of course, we all have uh, individual versions of that let us know. Tell us what's up. Tell us what you want us to read, especially if it's kind of out of the out of the norm, if it's something strange. I really want to do. Um, uh, oh, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it yet. I have a book. I have a very weird Ooh. book. I've never heard anyone uh, except for Joe Walton ever mention. And I read it earlier this year. It's a single book. It's a fantasy novel. It's kind of about imperialism. It's about slavery a little bit. Um, it's a kind of looping time stuff. You're going to give it away. Too. You got to be careful. I'm not. The, here's the wild thing. Never in a million years would people get there. Mm, now you've given From a challenge to people. People are now on Google sure, typing Sure, take the challenge. Words. Tell me if you think you can know what it is. But uh, yeah, Someone's going to look it up and figure it out, and then they're going to be like, I know what it is. Good. Give me <laughs> internet points. Fine, you can get an internet point there if you, you get go. that. But you got to back the Patreon. Patreon.com slash range touch to see all the bonus episodes we have, including stuff for uh, just King things to show Michael and I do on Stephen King. The Homestuck Made This World bonus episodes are all on there of uh, Michael and I talking about all kinds of wild stuff from the history of metafiction and many other things like that. So um, we'll be back um, in two weeks with the final episode of Citadel of the Autark. And then two weeks after that, Earth of the New Sun. Michael, take us out with the poem. Amid these stacks so straight and tall, with tomes lined end to end, how are you to find your way? It's shelved by genre, friend. <laughs>